And we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. And I am Annabelle Lecter. And we're joined by the fine foes here of Nefarious, which we're about to talk about. Directors and writers, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. Yep. And the star Nefarious himself, Sean Patrick Flannery. Because you really do steal the show. I'm just going to throw it out there. No, no shade at anybody else, but yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. So before we really get into the movie, um, could some, one of you or a couple of you guys give, an, uh, for people not familiar yet, an idea of what Nefarious is? Sure. Uh, the story is about, uh, it concerns uh, a, a condemned serial killer on the day scheduled for his execution, which uh, is uh, played by Sean. And uh, his previous prison psychiatrist has just committed suicide calling all the psychiatrist's recent findings into question. So um, the court appoints another psychiatrist to do a last-minute psychological evaluation because the state will not execute you unless you're sane. If you're insane, they won't put you to death. So uh, this shrink walks in. The warden warns him on the way in. If you listen to this guy, he's going to get inside your head. He, you're going to be so twisted around, you're going to think you're the killer, not him, by the time he's done with you. And when the shrink comes to meet, uh, the shrink dismisses that, but when he comes to meet Sean's character, uh, he finds out that this character, uh, his his name is Edward Wayne Brady, but he calls himself Nefarious. He claims he's a demon, seems to know everything about the psychiatrist's past and his psychological makeup. And he says, uh, you've got this all wrong. I'm not faking this to keep from being executed. I want to be executed. I'm a demon in full possession of this human being. It's time for him to go to hell. And um, then goes about trying to convince the psychiatrist that he is, in fact, a demon. And he says, look, I know that you don't believe anything I'm telling you, but I promise you before our time together is over, you will commit three murders of your own. And that's a great setup for the movie. And I saw that, that you all three worked together previously. So when you were putting the script together, did you have Sean in mind uh, for the role? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you. You work with Sean once. That's where you want to go every time. Yeah. Number one. And I will tell you that the movie we did called The Insatiable, as far as a horror movie goes, very cool, very slick little black comedy horror movie. I will tell you, it's the most underrated movie I've ever seen. Sean killed this movie. <laughs> $250,000 budget. And I defy anyone to say that it wasn't a cool movie. You guys should check it if out. If you want to hoot, you know, it's about basically a guy who's kind of geeky, which was a stretch for Sean, but he sees a vampire chick kill a guy, and he decides the best possible thing he could do is build a cage in his basement, trap her in there, and make her fall in love with him, that he's going to change her. And he's going to change oh, her. Seems like a good plan to me. I'm telling you, it was really, really great. It was really amazing. And he, and he, Michael Bean flew on his own dime from England because he wanted to play this little bit role of a guy in a wheelchair who's sort of his vampire hunting mentor. And he pieces together that Sean is keeping his chick alive. And he's like, you're out of your mind. You've got to kill her. And Sean's sure like, no, she's going to love me. And it's, <laughs> it's a really it's cool little movie. Of I mean, we knew that right then because he brought it to life. Yep. He brought it to life. There was a scene, I'll tell you this real quick. There was a scene which it literally set us in motion with Sean forever um, where the lead female actually falls asleep. I'm yeah. not going to get into why, but let's just say she falls asleep during in real fall life, life during fall on life. Sean's shoulder. This is the climactic <laughs> scene of the movie. She's killing him. She's biting him. And she, as she bites his neck, she falls asleep on his shoulder. So, uh, Sean doesn't miss a beat. He just kind of tilts his head a little bit to lock her in. He pulls her in a little bit. And in the middle of the scene, he does the whole scene with this 
female actress unconscious on his shoulder. Danny does the dangerous thing because he's Sean, okay? He's a martial artist, right? He dilates his pupils on his eyes by forcing more blood into his brain. It's a little scary. Oh, Please don't stroke <laughs> that. We're not supposed to be talking about this movie, right? We're supposed to be talking about Nefarious, but I'm telling you, no, everybody who sees this movie, it's called The Insatiable. You the will love the tone of this movie. I'm pr as proud of that movie as any movie we've done. All right, I've in. I've Googled it. It's it's in a tab waiting. Yeah. So, Sean, when they come to you for nefarious, uh, so did, I guess you enjoyed the previous experience, and uh, were you in right away? Did you read the script? Like, how did that work? Uh, I read the script only because they forced me to. At the culmination <laughs> of the first film, uh, Insatiable, I told them, and I was painfully honest. I said I would do a Fruit Loops commercial with you two cats. <laughs> I had that good of a time. I thought they were amazing writers. And about a year and a half ago, they called me and they said, hey, Flannery, we got a Fruit Loops commercial. I said, put me in, coach. And they said, well, let, let us send you the script. I said, man, did you guys write it? And they said, yes. I said, I'm in. They said, well, let me send you the script. I said, OK. And I think the next morning at 8, I sent them an email that said, I'm in. And that, that was it. I, I'd never, I mean, I mean ro roles like that, they come around once in an actor's lifetime if you're lucky. You know, it's uh, it, it didn't take a lot of, you know, oddly enough, then then when I said I'm in, they said, well, let me ask you a question. What role do you want to play? Do you all remember that? And and I said, well, I, I I'd love to play Nefaria. And they said, oh, OK, OK, yeah, cool. But I was like, oh, my God, I, you know, it was, well, it was one, of the, one of the most perfectly manicured and sculpted scripts I've ever read. It really is. It, it's it's uh, I told my wife when I read it, I said it. Th th this is the type of role of heavy lifting that everybody dreams about, you know, and, and of course I wanted to do it. Obviously. I, I don't, I don't know any actor that wouldn't take that and go, wow. Yeah. It so speaks to the strengths because it's basically a two man show and it's just you two guys for the most part, just back and forth and back and forth. And it's captivating and to hold attention that whole time with really there's not a lot of places you're at, right? You're in a room and two guys just going back and forth. And it is captivating is the word I would use for it. It's amazing. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Outside of, you know, you three guys, was that a hard sell to get to get the movie made? Because it is, uh, you know, a lot of it's it's a dialogue driven movie uh, to get that theatrically released. Uh, you know, we had uh, we had a fan in terms of one of the, one of the the chairman emeritus of one of the big three theater chains looked at it privately and he he watched it and he said I think you've got a dark heavy masterpiece here and he was our champion and so uh, as a little indie once he decided he was showing it then um, the other chains decided that they were that they were going to have uh, envy and uh, and once one goes the rest of the dominoes fall so that was good. Uh, we saw it AMC in, in Boston, which uh, our AMC in Boston is pretty good at showing a lot of, uh, uh, you know, movies that don't have a wide release. Yeah. We are very fortunate. So we were technically just shy of a wide. We were 960 or 70 theaters, and 1,000 is the technical definition of a wide release. Oh, they just, like, dangle those, what, There you go. Theaters? That's fair. <laughs> We also had two horror films come out on the same week, and we had The Pope's Exorcist oh, wow. and Renfield move yeah, on to right. Yeah, that's right. We saw all. We, we saw all three. For the, <laughs> it was a triple feature for us. Of it, it was very varying movies. But yeah, so um, how about the 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 choice for Sean when he's the uh, possessed, 
or at least maybe we think he's possessed, uh, not to embellish his voice. Um, usually in a movie, someone, um, you know, they have like a demonic voice or something, but, you know, it's all Sean. So was that always the way you, you had in mind or was that a choice? Or? That's we, what you do to cover bad acting. We didn't have a problem on this particular <laughs> Good point, show. good point. Uh, well, you know, we wanted to make this real. Uh, you know, in real life, I mean, I mean, it can happen in an exorcism where voices change, but it's usually in a high tense situation. I mean, I think it was uh, more scary when it was just a normal voice, because then all of a sudden, you know, is he a demon? Isn't he a demon? It, once you go to the demon voice, you know, straight off the bat, and eventually we get there, you know, in the uh, when he's getting executed and so on. So right at, at the end of that. But I, I think the choice to keep it real makes it chilling because, you know, you're looking into the face of the devil. He changes persona and delivery, and, and it's still the same voice. And that, to me, is a lot more interesting than if you'd gone with the deep voice or the guttural or whatever else. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. And, Sean, as an actor, going from one to the other, because the one, you're very menacing and have a lot of confidence, and then the other character is very meek and you feel bad for him. Um, you know, without changing clothes, without changing uh, wardrobe or having makeup, like, uh, what what is that like as an actor? Um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, I, I don't have a really intricate process. Um, and I'll tell you this, the more well-written a script is, the less work you have to do. And that script was an instruction manual on how to design a character. I'm not kidding when I say I thought about it, just read it in my head. I made a lot of decisions and, uh, I didn't even do the character for them. I just kind of described what I'd like to do. And then we filmed it and that's, what I did. I'd like to interject there. So first day we're meeting with Sean, you know, a couple of days before shooting, we get together. Hey, you know, it's all good. And we, he tells us his take and we say, well, we want a little, you know, we think this, we think that and he smiles at us and he goes and does what he wants anyway. And, <laughs> and, and best thing that happened to us because yeah. we were overthinking it. And he says, yeah. guys, you just got to trust me. And yeah. if you don't trust me, I'm doing it this way anyway. So <laughs> I did not I, say that. I'll tell you what, midway through the movie, he's like, I got it from here. Why don't you guys just go home? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sean, I have to say, so I, I feel bad. Is it Eric, the character's name? That's actually the real man. Uh, it, it, y yes. It is. Okay. That's amazing. Edward. Good for me. Edward. Okay. <laughs> I have to say, I work in mental health and I work in a community mental health clinic. So I see, I mean, it's in a city and it, there's a lot of people who are really going through some hard times and your portrayal of him. I had to sit down. I was like running, you know, personal life. I was running a group and there was someone who got, um, he got dysregulated. Dysregulated means when your emotions are out of control. And he had to be, we had to lead him out. And I sat there with him trying to help him. And you, this was like, I, it was like, I was watching that guy who I just worked with like a week ago. And I thought what you did for a person that works with people that suffer is, was a very sensitive portrayal of mental disturbance. So even whether you call it a, uh, mental health problem demonic possession i have i have a feeling that before nefarious came into the picture that this guy was probably already struggling um but your portrayal was really it was beautiful 
I really appreciate that. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm, you know, you know that, that that type of work is my favorite stuff to do. Without <laughs> question, um, the heavy lifting stuff, and and you couldn't have two more violent swings than uh, uh, empathy-free, violent murder with no remorse and someone that can't believe when he looks in the mirror what he's done. And he can't believe that his hand did that. It's it's a, you know, it's like I said, not to beat a dead horse, but you dream about roles like that. And those two dudes wrote it. So um, I saw that it was inspired by the novel and their nefarious plot. So I actually have been listening to it, uh, the audiobook. And a friend went out there. It's it's a different story. It's almost the movie's almost the origin, I guess, of the nefarious plot. Which you know, I don't want to give too much away. But so when you guys read the book um, right away, did you think like this would make a good movie? So how how did it go from you guys reading the book to like let's make this a movie? I'm gonna make a confession here. Never read the book. No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just sank myself, by the way. I, I, I did with a highlighter, but here's the, here's the funny part. We decided to make the movie before we read the book. The, oh, problem, the book. We, we heard some excerpts read by our, our producing partner. He walks in the office. He says, hey, I got this book. And he reads a couple paragraphs, and it sounds really interesting. It's a demon boasting about how he's destroyed Western civilization. We're like, wow, that sounds really we interesting. We just went, bam, like that. So and I we, said, get him on the phone. So yeah. we got... Steve Dace, the, the author on, on the phone, and we knew him, and he thought he was being pranked initially. We said, you know, this sounds pretty good. And uh, and suddenly we had the budget for a movie, and we hadn't written a script yet. and we and, Never happened. And, but the problem yeah. with the book is that there's only one character. He doesn't talk to anyone. He's talking directly to the reader. So we were like, well, we're going to have to add a second character and put a story to this. So we uh, we knew what we had to do. I mean, I love the idea when we got pitched when we got pitched the idea. It was one paragraph. And I said, wow, what a great idea. A demon bragging on how he destroyed America and the world. Well, let's bring that forward. So when we were talking to him, we said, look, Steve, you're going to have to realize when we make this a movie, you got look, you got to let us do our thing, but what you know? It? And so we did like the three, we constructed the whole story. We went through it and, but we, we promised him that we wouldn't dishonor the book. Number one and number two, we weave it all back into the book so that it makes sense. In other words, as best it can be. But yeah. so, and he was totally cool because he said, look, I love what you guys do. You know, I mean, this is great. You know, it'll be great. And what we, what we knew we could do was that Steve in his book, he designed this character, Lord Nefarious, who, is a, is a lieutenant of hell, basically. And I'm like, look, I wouldn't know how to write for the adversary for, as Lucifer, but for a lieutenant of hell, that I can do. That that he's, he's, he's a major minion. He's got power. He's a bright guy. That we know how to write. So that we were able to grab hold of that character and then plug him into the story. You know, story. it's like storytelling in any other form. Beginning, middle, and end. What's your twists and turns? And, you know, try to say something interesting. So we tried to do it. Yep. Very interesting. Neil, I'll throw it out there. Are we too early to go into the depth? No, it's fine. Yeah. All right. So Neil, I won't voice his personal beliefs, but they're pretty uh, not there. <laughs> I I am more on the fence. Jesus seems like a nice guy to me. That's kind of how I feel about it. And I think all the demonic stuff is very fascinating. I'm, I think I'm pretty spiritually open-minded to the idea of, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, who knows? I mean, that's my personal view is like, we're all just have to figure it out. 
the best we can as human beings, whatever that may be. So I think the idea of demons is fascinating. The idea of, of anything like that is fascinating. And I don't know, but I think what you've done with it, um, well, Neil had said it's really interesting and it matched up because I have a, a very, 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 very dear a friend that I grew up with who is very religious. He's very, very conservative Christian and we're friends to this day. We've had a lot of talks, not debates, but talks about what his faith is and what he believes. And he's like a Bible scholar. And uh, so that's informed a lot of my thoughts about reality and the world. So I, that was part of, for me, why I love this movie, because I, I feel like, sure. Yeah. When it's possible, I don't know. I don't know reality. So the idea that that could happen to someone. Oh yeah. Well, it's okay to just watch it as a movie, by the way. It, it, every look, every movie's gonna. You have to set your compass somewhere. Mm -hmm. Ours is ours is uh, set pretty much attuned to a traditional belief, demonic, you know, demonic, angelic, in opposition, struggle, conflict. That's where it comes from, you know. Well, we're devout Catholics, number one. So, I mean, we understand exorcism as a part of the trade. But I will tell you one thing. Let me just say this. I will tell you one thing. If you want to find out if there's a devil, I can show you a way to prove. There's a devil. It will shock you. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm Google. I'm declare, war, declare war against the devil and see what happens. Watch what happens. Okay. And this was told to us 20, 20, 30 years ago. And it led to my it led to my conversion. And I will tell you, declare war against the devil and see what happens. The, uh, the, you will not believe. We now in this movie, the, the whole point the was to show people that there is good and evil, God and the devil. Okay, obviously, and we took a real-life exorcist, the number one exorcist in America. His name is Father Carlos Martins. He's got a podcast called Exorcist Files. We had to do an exorcism on set. Now, you can't explain some of the stuff we had on set, lights flickering off, things, all kinds of crazy stuff. This guy comes in the room and does an exorcism in Latin, and it all stops. I'm telling you, our roof in our office building in Burbank got ripped off. The whole roof. The whole roof of the building. Ago. Okay, and we had six turned our office into an indoor water park. The whole building had to be torn down to sticks. Yeah, so, you know, kind of hard people, and, and obviously, exorcism is a fascinating subject. Everybody's fascinated our, with our it. Our exorcist trained priest who was on set, we actually had two ministry teams, one of which was Catholic, one of which was non denominational evangelical. Mm -hmm. Our priest had an emergency appendectomy during shooting. His surgeon told him. <clears throat> The appendix burst during removal, and the surgeon told him if you came here an hour later, you wouldn't be alive. I mean, we had all kinds of crazy stuff, but what I would say to you is this, is look, um, evil from our point of view is real because you can feel it. You can, you know it when you see it. And so we tried to bring that up. What we tried to do is show truth. And by the way, the steps of exorcism, that's exactly the, the, the exorcist that we had on set. He said, this is the most realistic exorcism movie ever made more so than the exorcist he said because this is exactly what we deal with every single day and so you know look what we tried to portray was an intelligence beyond human intelligence grappling with the human intelligence but That's even true. though it's been called the christian film we didn't sit out to make a christian film that well was when i read it neil had said neil had said to me because i said this looks like an amazing movie i very rarely watch trailers because i like to be surprised but i saw it and i was like this looks great and he said well maybe a little Christian. I'm like, I don't care. It looks great. And we saw it and it was great. Yeah. Well, yeah. we just, we happened to be believers who made a movie. We didn't go and make a Christian movie, but we chose the subject 
that tends to lend itself to good and evil, God and the devil. Well, I think all storytelling has, you know, uh, you know, on the surface, it's a story. And then underneath, um, it's always about something else, especially genre films or, you know, science fiction or, or uh, fantasy or horror. Um, so, but I do have a question for Sean around all this. Um, as an actor, was uh, yourself or anyone around you, any people, you, I don't know, agents, whatever, do, did they tell you any concerns about being in a movie that would be considered a Christian movie? No, they didn't have to. Just like, you know, I need an umbrella when I go outside of it rains. It's <laughs> otherwise you're going to get wet. I, I you know, um, it's, it's, it's not something that people embrace. Um, but, uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, my values are my values. I'm rooted pretty heavily into the ground. I don't deny my values. I don't deny my, the religious aspect of my life, my spirituality. I don't deny any of that. Um, and you know, I have, I, I, I have friends, uh, in across the political spectrum. I have friends that are atheists. And oddly enough, here's a little interesting tidbit. I have friends who have selected me to be the godparent of their child. And at the same time, they've known me 25 years. And they said, man, if anything happens to me, I want him to raise my kid. 25 years later, they post on Facebook, if you this, then unfriend me. I've known you for 25 years. You know every decision I've made. We've been to dinner parties. We laugh at the same jokes. Um, you, you adore my kids. You, you ask me how that happened and you, you, you love the result, but with a label, you would hate to claim, you would claim to hate the recipe. Well, that recipe is how my kids got the way they, the way they ended up. And it, you may claim to not like that recipe, but you certainly love that result. Well, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, so I watch a movie. I'm not, a, I'm not a man of faith, not a believer. And it really worked for me. And I like the portrayal of the evil in the movie because it's really playing on um, the other character's guilt. And I think that would work whether the guilt in whoever's mind is warranted or not. It's, you know, the evil is playing know, you know, on, on his, his guilt. I'd like to just add, you know, it, 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 it's kind of funny how, you know, you can play a character, say, that's a believer. And people get mad at you. Having said that, I can play a character in Boondock <laughs> Saints that executes 35 people. Like right, I yeah. murder 35 people. And that's somehow okay. You know, people go, well, I can't really get into that because I don't believe in God. You love Chucky. It's a doll. And, and <laughs> I, 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 right, for yeah. the life of me, that logic escapes me. It completely escapes me. Um, having said that, I I greatly apologize but because it said pacific standard i was planning on eight i have to start my jujitsu class um i will leave this going and if i can go and start it and have and, and if if uh, one of my brown belts is there he can he can take over i'll jump right back in nice. I, awesome. I, I i i showed you guys it said pacific which yeah, would be yeah. eight o'clock my yeah. time so i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry no no Chuck no Gary, i love you guys i'm gonna pop back in here as soon as i can all right okay, thank you man see you back yeah so when you guys were saying, you know, it's a movie at the, at the end of the day. So does that weigh in on you when you're making it? Because it's like, obviously, you have your beliefs and that's part of the movie. But you also want it. I mean, still at the end of the day, it's something that's supposed to entertain people on some level. So to balance that out, is that something that you had to struggle with or you just kept in mind? 
Well, it's not a struggle. I mean, we feel gifted or we feel blessed that uh, we're able to make movies for a living. I mean, that's not a real job. I, I mean, you make a lot of money, yeah. not all the time, but, you know, and you get to tell movies. Everybody in the world wants to make movies. Trust me. Okay. I mean, we get deluge. Okay. Uh, so to do this and then to do and take on a subject like this, that we believe is a problem in the world. Uh, you know, the occult is everywhere now. And uh, we believe on our side that it's a real serious problem. People are having serious problems. Four out of 10 Americans now believe that in some way they're demonically infested or obsessed in some way or oppressed. That's pretty staggering, especially when like we, from our perspective, you know, uh, when you're making a movie about something like that, you want to make it realistic, you know. So we made a realistic movie. We told a great story, in my opinion. You know, I'm trying to be humble at the same time. No, I, uh, I totally we, agree with you, honestly. You know, we we love the movie, obviously, but you have to love it because until you make this kind of thing, directing, writing, and producing, by the way, is a beast. I mean, it's a freaking beast. You know, it's like pushing that ball, the stone, you know, the story about the guy pushing the stone <laughs> yeah, over, Sisyphus, I think. over you. Every morning you get on set, you're pushing that. It's unbelievable. But it's a little like Groundhog Day, too, because basically every morning you're having the same breakfast burrito or whatever it is. You don't like it. You don't want to make a decision. You do the same thing every day. And, and here's here's one of the untold secrets about direct. You know, when, you, when you're directing, especially, there's a lot of decisions you don't get to make. You don't get to decide when you're getting up tomorrow. You don't get to decide what you're having for lunch. You don't get to decide what scene you're shooting tomorrow. None of that. All of that is handled. All you're dealing with is that little contact patch of the tire where the rubber meets the road and you're dealing with the actor and you're just trying to get that image on film. And everything else in your life leaves for a while. For it's, that, a full for that it's a fully obsessive trade where you have to immerse completely. But no, you know, when you're telling a story, if you love the story, one of the best advice I'd give to anyone out there who wants to make movies or TV shows or write books, don't do anything, don't do anything for money, because if you do for money, three days in, you're gonna regret it. Yeah. You have to do it for love, you have to do it for passion. We love this movie. We were passionate about this movie. And I believe one of the reasons it's having a tremendous effect, other than I believe that the spirit is moving through it, uh, is because of our passion for it. It comes through. Sean and find a good actor. You can two. tell Sean yeah. was passionate about it. Oh yeah. I mean, and from him, I you know, we're putting him for Academy Award for him. Sean's got such a Sean has got the best skill set of any actor I've ever been near. And just technically, he's a I mean, okay, I'll, I'll tell a weird anecdote. So he's sitting across from his scene partner, Jordan, and our director of photography calls for a measurement so they can control the focus. And it's how far it is from Sean's face to the tip of the other actor's nose. Sean looks across the table. He says nine five. They measure it out. It's nine feet six. Uh, so, so uh, the director then of photography then says, "Well, okay, smarty pants. What's my exposure?" Sean looks up at the lights overhead. He squints. He says five six. He says five six. So Sean I mean, most knows. of you, most of you people watching this probably don't know what he, that means. But in other words, it's an expertise that the average actor doesn't have. Everybody's job on set. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things, and it's great. But he was passionate about it. We were passionate about it, so it makes it easier. Yeah. He seems like a guy that goes into things like all the way. Yeah. Like as far as his martial arts, he's like not a halfway kind of guy. Sean's no nonsense. What I like about Sean, to be honest, by the way, I think he's the best actor we've ever worked with, certainly easily. But I think he's also the best actor in Hollywood. And yet he's not a big star because he was in powder. And no one, because powder, he was all dressed in white. 
No one knew it was him. Nobody remembers. And it was it was, a, it was a, an Academy Award performance, but it passed him by. So, but uh, what I will say about Sean is that he comes to play. He he comes to work. He yeah. shows up. He's committed. No diva. He's not a diva. He doesn't. My trailer isn't as big as his trailer. Sean will <laughs> sleep in the street. He doesn't care. And then by that little movie I was talking about on the two hundred and fifty, the Insatiable. He did. Mm. We did. It's. He's just a different, you know, there are guys who love what they do, and he's one of them. And two seconds after the camera's off, he's a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice, it's yeah. really nice to yeah. work with somebody like that. You know, that. we're done with the shot. We go eat lunch. Yeah. We hang out. We go yeah. do it again. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, by the way, where can people see Insatiable? Pretty much all over the nation. Uh, but, you you know, we're only in 750 screens. This weekend, we'll determine whether we stay in the theaters or not. So if anyone loves horror movies, I would say go see it um, because that would definitely well, I, yeah, help. That's nefarious. But I, I also want to know where people can see Insatiable. Yeah. Oh, they're going to have to get it on DVD. They're going to have to dig or, it up somewhere. I mean, look it up. Uh, we'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in, the, in the grand old Hollywood tradition, our distributor stole every nickel and buried the film. Oh, well, I'm so I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Hollywood. You'll find it somewhere. You'll find it somewhere out there. Welcome yeah. to Hollywood. But I do recommend, uh, both of us recommend, uh, all of us, I guess, uh, recommend uh, uh, seeing Nefarious in the, in the on the big screen. I think that's the best way to see a movie. And um, there was something interesting, too, because, okay, so obviously there's a lot of uh, your beliefs that I think people would expect from um, from religious people, like um, about um, abortion. And um, but the, so anyway, the the, the guys um, nefarious brings up the idea that there's going to be three murders place that's in the trailer. So I'm not I'm not right. giving that away. Yeah. And so two of them, I think. Um, you know, you get assisted suicide and, and abortion. And the third one, though, I think is something that that um, I was just wondering for you guys how you feel about that. The idea of the death penalty is because that's kind of brings up to question. Is that considered murder? And I thought that was an interesting uh, part of the movie. We left, I yeah, we left that open. But what happens is is in there uh, and a little bit of a spoiler alert, but the the. Uh, the psychiatrist has a personal grudge by that point against the demon. Okay, so, yeah, he's doing something that he knows he believes is wrong personally at that point, and he's he and and that's why he's doing some. That's that's where his culpability stems from. When people we've been asked this question before, we never intended to say we're taking a position to the the right or the left, to pro or anti. It was a story point that needed to happen. Yeah. I like so that you I, don't. I, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting part of the movie. I think, you know, it leaves it up. Uh, I think anything should be left up, you know, to the people watching. And it spins us into the, the last part of the movie, and, and, and set I, up for the sequel and all of that stuff. But the other thing is, by the way, look, the third murder in this movie, however, was when basically James signs the document. He knows this guy is innocent and he signs the document because of what happened. And that's why Sean says that's three, James, right there. So we want to show the human condition. A lot of times we don't realize some of the things we do. We're, you know, and we look back maybe 10 years later and say, you know what? Now that I think about it, that may not have been a good thing for me to do. So uh, that was the reason we did it. Now, as far as the, the death penalty goes, I will say this. I used to be pro-death penalty, but then I did some research and we did. We were going to do a movie on it. I think if you're going to kill somebody... You know, the the electric chair is a horrible way to die. These needles, they inject three, four, five. Just shoot them. Firing squad or hanging is the fastest way to do it. If you're going to do it, 
It's got to be merciful. You don't just make them suffer for eight hours. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you can't tell me in a world where we kill people like this, you can't figure it out. You know, I mean, it's serious. It is a little weird. So I would think that we need to have mercy. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those questions that you go back and forth on, you know? Yeah, w- w- there was not meant to be a, a decision either way. And that, quite frankly, it's I think it's, it me- meshes up with where we're a little conflicted about the whole darn thing. Yeah. So uh, I think it leaves it as an open question. But I think it's good for people to talk about. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think the movie itself is, is good for people to talk about. As soon as it was over, I felt like it was something I would like to talk about. And you just said the idea of being in here, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just mentioning the idea of conflicted, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I feel like culturally, maybe this is just how it's been for humans, is that there's a real push to be one thing or the other. And the ability to have open questions and not know is, uh, it's tough to be that nowadays. It's really like uh, Sean had mentioned, he has this thing, social media, you're either in or you're out. There's yep. no room for it's real this in this conversation. Well, there's that's where the world has kind of gone to right now, and I don't like it the same way you're saying. I don't like. I don't think it's. I mean, one of the things that impressed us, and the reason we're doing this interview is, you sent us the email and said, "Look, I got to let you know I'm a liberal. I don't believe with uh, some of the stuff I like, you know, but I don't believe in all this." And I said, "This guy's got guts, you know, because in today's society." You're not even supposed to talk to us. And yeah. I, I'm I honestly, when, when I put this up, I thought there would be some uh, blowback from some of uh, some of our audience. They'd be like, oh, I'm not going to be involved in this show or, or something. I right. honestly thought there would be some. Or there still, still might be. I, don't interesting. Know. I think it's interesting. We can talk. We can communicate. We can talk about evil. I mean, I think evil is the one common denominator, whether you're on the right or the left. Look, we have different interpretations maybe of what evil right. is, but we all know that evil is bad in the sense that it's not going to enrich your life. You know, if somebody came and started to stab you, you would call that evil. I think everybody would call that evil. But I, I think it's good that we can talk, and, and that's why we did the interview. And you know, part, part of the message of the film is, too, that what we what we think is, is what, we, what we as a society have come to believe is a cultural fight is really, it's more of a spiritual fight. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that we've, we've been distracted at some level, and that's... It, 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 in the belief system that we're using here, that's that's a demonic intervention, looking to do exactly that. You know, it, it to, from the from just a traditional again a Catholic standpoint, the devil doesn't care who you hate as long as you hate somebody. He gets hold of you, no matter who you hate, he's got you. And look, we deeply believe what we believe, and I know that you deeply believe what you believe. But I shouldn't, I'm I shouldn't be offended at what you believe. Look, yeah, I mean, I, I like I, you to I, believe, of course I would. Yeah, but I mentioned mean, earlier, I'm on the Cape. There's, uh, I, there's a big Catholic uh, population where I'm from, and I grew up with. Uh, I mean, we don't hate each other just because you know I'm I, not, and they are. I think we got better things to do, to be honest. The only thing I would really caution, and look, I, I'm hoping maybe there's agreement here, and there might not be. The most interesting lecture I ever went to when I was in college was by the Jesuit priest who's the technical consultant on The Exorcist. And oh, wow. his and his thing was, he said, you know. The gateway drug for possession, he said, is a Ouija board. And he said, basically, like over 80% of all possession cases, as far as he's concerned, including the case that the exorcist was loosely based on, it wasn't in the film, began with a Ouija board. And he said, and he challenged his audience. He said, look, do you know where the word Ouija comes from? And nobody did. He said, do you, do you folks know? You may know. I'm actually don't know. 
Sorry? From what I understand, it's German and French for yes. That's exactly right. He said, yeah. you're saying yes, we, we in French, yeah, yes in German. So you're saying a yes, yes. And he said, look, you're, you're, you're saying a, a, a double yes to a willing demonic possession that you're hoping is temporary, but the demons are kind of playing for keeps. And his analogy was, he said, look, on a dark night, a lighthouse is visible from very, very far off. He said, when you actually begin that play, you turn yourself into a lighthouse for demonic prison. Then the demons come from great distances in order to be involved there. So he said, his, 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 the most strong thing he said was, please don't go near that stuff. He said, look, we don't tell you not to do it because it doesn't work. We tell you not to do it because it does. By the way, very impressed, Annabelle. You're the first person who's ever that, answered uh, that. The really? French <laughs> stuff. So you're the top of the list yep, now. Yep, yep, you get the A+. Plus. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have used a Ouija board before. It's my first experience True. using one. And uh, it was the first time. It was a weird experience because we actually, because I've mentioned, you know, I'm not a believer in any of this stuff, really. But we had actually answers, which made me start to think, I don't know, maybe there's something. Uh, it was a, definitely oh, a yeah. experience. I mean, yeah, well, was, the thing is, I, I mean, I used a Ouija board. I went to fortune tellers. I did tarot cards. I did all, everything. I got one for Christmas as a kid. But, but <laughs> the thing is that eventually, from from our perspective anyway, you learn. You get yeah. burned. You all of a sudden, I had a girl I was dating. I am not kidding. I will tell you this quick story. It'll take 20 seconds. I was dating this girl. Her sister, her sister-in-law was a devout witch. They were summoning Ooh, spirits. 200 years in the family. They the wanted something the very, very badly. Yeah. She had 200-year history. Uh, she had gotten a herb from Italy, which was necessary for the spell. They invoked the summoning of a demon. A demon appeared. I am not kidding. And basically said, I will give you what you and it said first, who has summoned me? And then said, we will give you what you wish. But the price for this is your children. And turned and walked up the stairs where their children were sleeping. And when I tell you, freaked her out. Because she thought up until that time she was a good witch. Whoa, whoa, wait a second, right? And the bottom line, boom. And now all of a sudden there she's trying to undo this. They left the house. They never sold they the house. They out of the house that weekend before it was sold. They never went The back. girl I was dating had black hair and it went white. I mean, you know, it's just, I'm over-exaggerating on that, but I mean, she was freaked out, no, right? It was, it was a, and she, she actually, I mean, part of the, this is crazy, but she, but she was still, the woman who was a witch was afraid to burn her book. She said, you don't, it's just too much. She sealed it in wax and they buried it. But that was that um, was I mean, so how do you explain that stuff? I mean, I think on both sides, by the way, the things are unexplainable. Yeah. You know, miraculous healings. How do you explain it? Well, the prison where we shot, you know, the, the, the chief of the guards had been there for 45 years. Oh, that's a trip. So this place at one time when it was an open yard prison was the most violent prison and had the most murders per capita in the United States. Wow. And he and he told us about the weird some of the weird stuff. So one of the things is that they have a cell house, used to house about 300 guys. They yeah. shut it down. It's been out of business it's, for 50 it's years. It's empty for the last 30 years or whatever. When they, But they sometimes forget when they break in a new guard, they sometimes forget to give them the heads up. So they'll be doing the rounds after midnight, and there'll be a light on down the hallway and the sound of a shower running. And the guy will be like, hey, what's In one done? of the cells in the dark, a light is on and a shower is running. There hasn't been electricity or water in that place for 50 years. But now the problem is if the guy notices that they have an incident and they have to go down there. This should be on a reality show. So you know, have, one of those ghosts on so the show. So they really try to remember when they're breaking in a new guard to tell them about the things that they're not supposed to see. Mr. No Flannery is back. Hello, <laughs> sir. 
Yeah, Sean. So we're talking about the uh, the prison itself. Uh, what was your experience like being in the prison? Uh, mine. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it, it's uh, you know, maybe I'm a little different. I I uh, I, I it, it's it's a it's a movie set, but there is a part of the reality there. You know the history. You know things that have been done in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it 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 is a little disconcerting. You know, uh, just the ominous, you know, appearance, the razor wire. And I, I, at one point right uh, in inside with, with what I think they normally call the shoe, uh, we had our trailers and craft service table. And you, you have, you know, trustees walking by seeing free food and Snickers and, che- and you're like, uh, they're not mine, brother. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely lends itself to an odd feeling. There's a movie, you know, uh, movie set right inside where people, you know, populated by people that have absolutely nothing to lose. Um, it, 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 it was a little disconcerting, but uh, um, I thought it made for a great film and a, a, and, and a great vibe. What a way to give you that feeling. It is ominous. It is frightening. It is dank. It is moist. It is cold. It, it echoes. It, it's all of those things. And, and it's very real. I listened to a little interview with uh, Steve uh, Dace. Is how you say his last name? Sorry, the the author of the book. And yeah, uh, like he was he, he talked about the uh, the the serial killer having the three names because all serial killers have three names. So it does have me a little worried about Sean Patrick Flannery. His, uh... <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you about my roots. They're planted deep, and I have the armor of God. You know that's why I'll, I'll tell you. You know where where we have wrestling. It's on a church uh, church grounds. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Father Morty came out and he said, uh, hey, could I could I could I speak to you? Could I give you my phone number? This was two days ago. I said, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I gave him my phone number. The next morning he calls me, he goes, I just want to tell you, talk to you about your new film. Um, I have done two exorcisms before, so I have experience with this. And I just know that, you know, I, I heard about Heath Ledger and he, he did a film and he couldn't really get rid of it. And, you know, and he talked to me about that. And I said, brother, I, I, I'll always take you know, uh, prayers in my direction. And I understand even fake dancing that line can be interpreted. And, and sometimes it may welcome, you know, but, but that, that, that's the reason I study martial arts because I don't want my safety to rely on hope. Well, for the same, same reason that I, I, I can go and do a movie of this like this without thinking, well, what if, you know, I, I, I have the armor of God. I, I was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I grew up. I went to St. Mark's Episcopal. I went to University of St. Thomas, a Catholic university. I don't think I've hardly had a meal without saying grace before it. I don't think my head's ever found a pillow without talking to God and showing my gratitude, my appreciation, my hopes, my dreams, my thoughts, my thanks, all of that. So uh, if 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 my belief is sound, then I should be able to walk down that corridor. I should. I should be able to tell this story that I think a lot of people need to hear with the full knowledge that I have that protection. And, and th- th- that's just me. And I, I understand that that may sound, you know, kind of nonsensical to some other people. But I'll tell you another thing. For me, when people say like, well, I don't really have a reason to believe. For me, I, I believe because I can't explain any of this. Honestly, an auto-focusing, self-moisturizing eye coming into existence is about as likely as the assemblage of a 747 from a tornado whirling through a junkyard. To me, there's no other way I can explain it. 
Um, I also do want to bring up uh, Jordan Belfi, uh, your co-star in the movie. And um, so you worked formerly uh, previously with Sean. How, how did you guys get uh, Jordan involved? Uh, did you know him from somewhere else? And what was Sean? Did you guys have like chemistry right away? Man, I, I got to tell you, I, 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 I've never met Jordan. I'd never seen anything he'd ever done. When, when they brought his name up, I did all my due diligence. I Googled, I watched every piece of footage. And when, when he came on set, I, I wouldn't want to sit across the table from anybody else. That dude crushed it. Uh, he shut me. Not, not only artistically, but I'll tell you, in the, in the current era of actors, even learning lines sometimes is an issue. Jordan showed up, and uh, Chuck McCary will tell you, we lost a handful of days, and they said, guys, to make our day, if you want to go home for Christmas, which I said, absolutely. I have a trampoline to assemble for my boys. I got to go on Christmas Eve to Ace Hardware to get my wife a robe because we get a robe every year. I have to. So I said, okay. They got, well, we got to do 17 pages on the first day. I said, I'm down. And I said, Jordan, are you down? He goes, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I thought, oh, my God. Oh, oh. Jordan showed him slate it. They turned on the camera. We shot the entire scene, 17 pages, and we moved the camera and we did it again. And then we moved the camera and we did it again. I can't, I'm not blowing smoke because I'm a pretty real dude. If, if, if I didn't feel that way, I may not be as angry as I was in, as I am inside, but I probably wouldn't, I, I wouldn't flower it like this. That dude is the real deal, man. He is the real deal. He's professional. He's artistic. And he's a sound actor, man. I loved every moment of bouncing back and forth with him. I really did. Also, guys, I got to head right back yeah. out. But, if you have wrong, but thank you for coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ringing wet. I apologize. I will tell you that Sean uh, gave us a list of people that he wanted us to try and get. And we did. Couldn't get them. And uh, so I found Jordan on the last day, literally. And I, we believe it was a god After thing. watching a whole bunch of bad reels. And, and, you know, there were a lot of bad actors. And finally, I, this guy pops up on my screen somehow. You know, I, I'm like, this is weird. You know, and again, we look at that as not just coincidence. I mean, how does it get on my screen? And he looked the part. And I'm thinking to myself, he looks smart. He's a good looking dude. We dress him right. He'll be, he'll look like a psychiatrist. He looks kind of like a psychiatrist from our point of view or from society's point of view, right? Now I just need to see if he can act. Then, then you look to see if he can act, yeah. And so we got him and I saw his reel and I said, I think he can do it. And I felt something inside of me saying, this is your guy. Yeah. So now I got to sell it to Sean. And so, you know, because this is the dynamic, but they went boom, like that. And Sean, Sean would put up with probably any production difficulty you could throw at him. In our first movie, we had him eating Cheetos in the rain. Okay? It was crazy. For meal break. Not in the rain. And by the way, Sean gives as but, good as he gets. Let me tell you one thing real quick. What he didn't tell you in that story is that he wanted to be home for Christmas. We ran late anyway after yeah. they did 17 pages. And by the way, for your viewers or your people that are listening, you don't shoot 17 pages in a row. Sean's dyslexic. Wow. I want you to understand. How do you read a script if you're dyslexic? Yeah. I think his wife reads him the pages you, and he well, memorizes. No, he, he, reads, he reads, but slow, and he memorizes everything. Everything is committed to memory. But listen to this real quick. You get a kick out of this. You'll you'll know a little bit about more about Sean. So we're having fun. We're running late. It's the last day before. Like, it's like the twenty third of December, and he's got to go home. Yeah. His wife has said, "If you're not home, that's it." It's six o'clock okay? at night. We've been working all day. His and two young boys are like six or seven and nine or ten, right? And so. So he says he's on the phone and I said, Sean, we're just we just need four more hours. 
I, I don't, I know, I, you know, I feel bad because we can't, we can't fly back. You know, we, we're out of money. And, and he's like, I get it. Not a problem. And I'm figuring, okay, this is good. He's going to do it. He's like, pop, 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 pop on his cell phone. And he hands me a cell phone. He says, if you can convince my wife and my boys, I'll stay. And I, and he does it. Bam. She's all, they're already on the line. You're, and I see these two young you're kids. You're about to find out why I'm in business with this dude over here. I see these two young kids. <laughs> Daddy, we're so excited you're coming home. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, so I said, well, he says, and he's just got a big smile. He knew he's put me in, in, in the dung, right? Yeah, this is. So I just said to the kid, I mean, it just came to me out of nowhere. And I said, hey, boys, listen, you know, your dad's great. And he's so excited. He can't wait to get home. But I had a conversation with him and I called Santa Claus and I said to Santa Claus, these two boys are the best boys in the world. And he promised me that if you could let your dad stay here for four or five more hours, that he would bring you something extra special. And they were like, yay, you know, stay as long as you want, we Daddy. We knew there was a trampoline in the mix. And Sean, <laughs> a lot of people would be pissed. Sean nods with respect. Yeah. Like, okay, you got me. <laughs> so he says, I talk to my wife as well. When his wife got on, different. And I'm like, <laughs> no Santa Claus. <laughs> True story, but that's Sean. That's Sean in a nutshell. It's great. <laughs> So um, I know we it's a horror podcast. I'm I'm uh, neither of us are big sticklers for genre. People will argue o over what's really horror, thriller, and all these things. But what what genre do you consider nefarious? I, mean, I think it's a couple of different genres, really. I think it's a thriller. I think it's, I think psychological. it's a psychological thriller with heavy horror. It might be counts. a supernatural thriller. It might be supernatural psychological thriller. And I do think there's a horror aspect to it because I think if you look in the face of the devil, that would be horror. I mean, it's demonic. We definitely talk about demons. But I don't think it, like, if I was saying a 1 to 10, it's not a 10 as far as horror goes, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of what you get in normal horror movies. But I think, I will say, in our defense, I think it's the most original movie that I've seen in a long time. Well, if you want to find out, look, like like Father Carlos Martin said, he's, an, he's a practicing exorcist. This is his trade. He said, look, this is the most realistic portrayal of the demonic I've ever seen. This is what I face every day. And he said, basically, what's different about this is that he said, this is what the demon does. He presents you with an intellectual conundrum where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And that's what this whole movie is about. The demon keeps trying to paint the psychiatrist into a corner where he cannot win. And it's about watching that struggle unfold. I have to say that it was so fascinating to me the way because we knew the, the back drop is that this, this film is made by people who are Christian, but there were some really good arguments made by Nefarious about, like, God is not always the nicest guy. Like, here's the story of the angels, and here's why they left, and here's what, the, and the, all the story I thought was so interesting about painting God as having, like, God kind of has this ego situation going on. I thought this is a really interesting conversation. Well, that's Wait, from the demonic perspective. That, yes. that, that, that is the, 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 the perspective of the demonic from a traditional belief system is that they feel they've been gravely wronged. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and they're very adamant about that. And the, the elements I think that are surprising maybe to an audience is that they feel very wronged. They are very legalistic and, and very concerned with the authority they still have left. And they're willing to exercise that and the power that they have and their pride. 
Uh, and all of these are elements that come into play in the story. I mean, I would say this as well. I would say, look, let's say you don't believe, you do believe, doesn't matter. But if there is a devil, think about a creature that has divine intelligence, that's angelic, rip you to pieces in a second, can outsmart you like this. It's easier because he can. He, he's been watching you for a long time. If this creature exists... He's working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 years to, whether you believe this or not, and we certainly do, obviously, to get your soul because he's angry that you will ascend into his place. In other words, all the demons were thrown out of, hell, the jealousy. Out, of, they, out of heaven. The jealousy, whether you're looking at this from the, from the traditional real, uh, faith standpoint or even if you're just looking at Milton's Paradise Lost. And I think that's the thing stolen, that's chilling. We have the opportunity to steal their places in heaven. And they are upset about and it. And we address that right in the movie. Mm -hmm. The um, the 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 um, the James character I mentioned earlier. He's you know he represents someone who, who who's not non-believer. Then maybe he is by the end of, of the movie, or maybe he isn't. I don't give the movie away. But uh, were you guys always um, believers? Did you guys always have faith, or was there a point in time where you know you guys uh, found, I mean, found your faith? Why don't you answer first? I, I I was raised in faith. I walked away for about 10 years. You know, my 20s were spent elsewhere. And then I, I decided, uh, I think part of what accelerated it was a move to Los Angeles in, in the entertainment business. And I realized- It's a nasty business. That, that there were, there, there, I, had to I had to make a choice. I wanted to live my life and be left alone. And then I, when I moved to LA and I realized I had to start making some choices one way or the other. I was going to get- I was going to wind up a place I didn't necessarily like myself. My mom was Protestant, but not practicing. My dad was Jewish, but he's an atheist, really. And uh, they asked me whether I wanted to go to church or a temple or play with my friends. I was nine or 10 years old. And I'm like, you know, what do you think? Right. I mean, that's yeah. an old, you know, <laughs> I mean, I always believed in God because I mean, you look at the mountains, the sky. I mean, it's inexplicable. And there's all kinds of unexplainable stuff. But he was a convenient God for me. And I, you know, I was an atheist for eight minutes when I was like 17. And I thought it was stupid, to be honest. I just, I just didn't get it. You know, I, I was, didn't, I wasn't rebelling against anything, but what I, but the kind of God I, I thought I had is like, oh, look at that hot chick. Can you hook me up with her? You know, I could really use a Camaro. You know, this would be cool because the girls would like me because I'm not that good looking. You know what I mean? And so that was a kind of convenient. C.S. Lewis talks about the God most people want, including us. You want a senile grandfather who just wants to. You know, I mean, I did, I did, I did everything. Like, you know, I mean, I lived with my girlfriends. I, I didn't go to church. I didn't do anything. I did everything everybody else does. You know, I had different views and stuff. But as you get a little older, you realize you're mortal. You know, you, when that car screeches to a stop six inches from your feet and your knees are trembling, you realize you start to contemplate and stuff. And the more, you know, sometimes you need to get broken and realize you got to turn to God. And that's what happened with us. You know, we were brutalized in this business. And I just now I fully, fully, fully I, I had a miraculous healing. Now, if somebody could explain to me how I was supposed to go to the hospital and have surgery on all these things that were wrong. And I went into church. And this 90-year-old woman is praised over me for 20 seconds and says to me, isn't it wonderful? I mean, nice. she had blue hair. He had already had a and surgical, she's like, his pre-surgical consult had already taken and, place. And yeah. all of a sudden she says to me, isn't it wonderful? Jesus has healed you. And I'm like, would you excuse me for a second? And I fell on my knees because I don't like the idea of somebody taking parts out of my body. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, if you, I, I will, I, I, thank you. 
I, unbelievable. But if if this is not real, please protect me from this crazy old woman, right? She's out of her mind. I was totally healed. Explain that to me. Mm-hmm. Somebody explain that to me. Well, it's in your mind. No, it's not. I got the I got the x-rays. Bam, bam. You can't tell me otherwise. So yeah, you know, you get things like that. God, especially when you start to look for him, he'll find you. You'll find him. You just have to want to. Same thing with the devil. If you want the devil, he's right there. Horoscopes, fortune tellers, tarot cards, everything is there. And that's what we want to do in the movie. It's good and evil, God and the devil. And that's the eternal struggle. This is a struggle. By the way, culture war, there's no such thing as a culture war. It's good versus evil. That's what it's about. It's just a matter of whether people believe this or that and which side they fall on. So that's the reason. Look, we didn't want to go out and make a Christian movie. We wanted to make a movie on evil and how it will destroy you. We've always been obsessed with good and evil. You know, we're back in the mainstream days. It didn't get made, but we did a thing called The Inferno for Warner Brothers. It was The Dirty Doesn't Goes to Hell or Armageddon Face Downward. So it was all about, you know, it's the, the, the eternal struggle has always been you know, all filmmakers really only make movies about one thing. And for us, it's always the fight between good and evil. I mean, we were, I, I got to, just to finish your question, by the way, whether we always believe. No, I mean, not really. You know, I mean, you can say you believe, but if you go do all this crazy stuff, you don't believe. And uh, you just, you know, and uh, trust me, I mean, we were both. The hard know, part is after sort of coming to a belief, trying to conform your life to that. That's belief. the hard part. That's the tough part. Because let's face it, a lot of this stuff is fun, right? It, I mean, this is a very silly analogy, but I've uh, I've been trying to cut back on milk because of the the treat the, the whole thing with the cows in them. But I really like cheese. I really like cheese. So this is like sort of like a mini analogy for I really like cheese. So maybe I'll just drink some almond milk sometimes. And so I'm seeing that as like a little baby parallel for for what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Hard. It's tough. Everybody it's tough. deals with it. Everybody deals with it. So, uh, what's the feedback been like for the movie? Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. The the thing that's amazing is that everyone who sees it seems to seems to like, regardless of what their background is, regardless of what their beliefs. Everybody and and the other thing is that they can't stop thinking about it. Days later, they're still thinking about the movie. Tons of people are afraid to see it, but if they actually do see it, this is what happens. What shocked us is, though, is that one of the best things that's happened is you calling us, reaching out to us, because I said, wow, this is unbelievable. Um, and then we had other people. And by the way, I'm not kidding. We ha- I can read you the email if you want me to read it. We, had a, we have people in the theaters. Uh, I'll tell you about this one guy. When they're talking about the scene and the Sean talks about the carpenter, there is a guy who started to growl yeah. at the screen. And oh, he was going, he was freaking out. And his wife starts slapping him to tell him to be quiet because he was embarrassing her. Mm-hmm. He can't stop. He's literally insane. And this is a normal looking dude. And he vomits on himself and all over the place, shakes and convul- and basically passes out. He wakes up. He's all messed up. Doesn't remember anything about no memory it. of it. He, but he knows something changed in him. Hmm. Now, what was that? Now, now, I know people can say, "Well, that was a coincidence. He probably had bad shrimp." Mm, <laughs> really? I don't think so. You know. But the bottom line is that uh, we've had all kinds of reactions, especially, and I'm surprised from the secular world. Now, there are always haters on both sides. You know, I mean. Yeah. 
you know, and, and stuff like that. You know, it's a Christian film and these guys are Christian. They did unplanned. They believe in, uh, you know, in uh, pro-life. Yeah. Okay. What does that have to do with this film? I'm making movies. By the way, if you don't want to go see my movie, don't go see my movie. I, I get it. You know, but what I think of the thing and the magic of this movie is it's truth. I think we tapped into something here and I think people are feeling that and they're saying there is evil in the world. I got to say, if people go out the front door right now, is it feel the same? I don't think so. There's something wrong. There's something in the air. You can feel it. You can feel that there's something terribly wrong in the world at this moment. And I think that that's why we're tapping into that. People are saying, I don't understand what's going wrong, but there's something wrong. And I think evil, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that we tried to reveal. And I think it's, that's what people are tapping into. They're finding the truth. They're seeing... It's an interview with the devil. Like, you know, Tom Cruise with Interview That's with the Vampire. It is. is an interview with it, the devil. Interview with the demon. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, this is something I brought up for years on the show, so it's not just because you guys are on, but I've always felt anytime there's a priest in a movie, I think it's actually kind of cheap because anytime there's a priest in the movie, they're always going to end up being uh, either they're, they're demonic or they're uh, a sexual predator. They're never a good person. I mean, it's right. almost never. So how do you guys feel about the representation of uh, of Catholics and uh, and priests in film and TV? I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's inappropriate because, you know, by the way, at the height of the the and by the way, I do not condone this. Trust me. Of course, I mean, this yeah. is terrible. Uh, you know. The Catholic Church always gets attacked, and I believe that's the reason is because it's basically the biggest enemy of the devil. I mean. There are over 350,000 priests, and one or two percent of them were doing this pedophile ter terrible, terrible, you terrible have, stuff. The, you have the ratios of priests, but you have the same thing in school teachers. You have the same teachers, thing in right. All suffer about the sec the sexual sexual molestation rate for all three professions is about three percent. Right, and so what you have here is a human problem, not a priest problem. As a matter of fact, most of the priests I know now I don't agree with every priest because I, there are progressive priests like we showed in the movie. I mean, we took the the track that that guy in the movie was not a good priest. That's why the demon wasn't he was intimidated. Completely by ineffectual. Him. Yeah, right. he in and out. <laughs> he didn't yeah, spend yeah. a lot of time there. Yeah. Like, I don't know, buddy. I would spend longer with him. Right, but you know, by the way, Sean did something amazing in that. There's an Easter egg in that scene when the priest comes in. Sean is backed away from the table, and he's like, "What are you doing here, priest, son of God?" And so on. Sean's he took his hair. I noticed and, that. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm really impressed with you, Annabelle, because no one is getting this. You've got two things, Ouija board and the hair. But when the priest is a poser, the hair comes down. So it's defense. Ah, so, orange droop. so uh, but, you know, I, I, I think it's terrible that uh, priests and, and men of faith like that are, are depicted, because I will tell you, who does everyone call when they need an exorcist? You know, and why? Now, I'm not saying every priest is good or every pastor is good or even every bad person is bad. I'm not saying that. Right. But I do think that it's the depiction that's kind of trite. And like you yeah, said, I, think, I really room. think it's oh. a cheap. It's it's like a, a go to thing. It's uh, that's in the a sillier thing. But Santa Claus, <laughs> anytime in a movie, they're always like hey, either like an alcoholic or some kind of evil guy in, in some way. That, that, that says more, I think, about Hollywood than it does about those professions. I think also Hollywood, like one of the things that used to bother us all the time is every bad guy has a cross. And it's Hollywood basically saying their agenda, basically, which is that they hate Christians, they hate Christianity. I get it. I get it. 
you know, but you know, we fight the good fight. That's the way we look at it, you know, and, and I know I'm a good person. Chuck knows he's a good person. We, we know, you know, that we do, we try to help people. We try and do all the right things and are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. But the bottom line is that we, we try. I have a question about that because I know, um, like my own family, um, my parents were both raised Catholic, both my father was hit by nuns and my mom was told like very, very intense, scary stories. So they were like, no, we're we're done with this. There was no religion in my house at all. Um, And so, but they were pretty nice people. They They weren't out there doing terrible things. They were decent parents. Um, and other people like Mr. Neil Jones, pretty nice guy myself. Like I don't, I don't go to church. I, I, you know, I'm kind of there. I, I'm kind of there. Like I said, I think Jesus is a nice guy. I like it. I think I'm just resist, but at any rate, what about the people who are out there? Like I literally work with the people who are prostitutes, substance users, people who are are criminals, like ex gang members what happens to someone like myself people who are out there doing really good work with other human beings trying to elevate them to have a higher quality of life where they they also then maybe will go out to the world and do positive things i think that's saint you're a saint by the way the catholic church considers by the way people that do that highly highly favored by god i mean what's they what you're doing look you may not have come to understand, let's say, the Lord and, and Jesus and all that. But you're doing what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He worked with prostitutes, crazy people, Jesus, demonically possessed Jesus people. I know wants all those prostitutes and all those drug abusers, and no matter how he wants all of them in heaven. And within and within the most the the, the amazing thing is that within the within the worst criminal, the most deeply fallen human being. There is still the Imago Dei, the image of God, and God hopes that they will that they will turn to Him at some point. The the I, I will use something. This is a very very Catholic visionary tradition, but Jesus complained not complained but confided in a nun in a personal visitation about a hundred years ago, and as as this bears on this movie, He said, "Even demons acknowledge my justice. Who will acknowledge my mercy?" Uh, but I think and it was his plea, and it was like, I so much want to forgive, and the world doesn't understand that. You know, God, look, God will forgive the worst sinner. By the way, Mary Magdalene was a whore. She was infested it, by, it, it sex, by seven, seven, demons, de- seven yeah. demons. And the bottom line is, and then she changed her life. Mother Teresa. I mean, okay, let's compare you to Mother Teresa. Uh, that's the kind of person. Well, wait a second. Mother Teresa started like all of us, right? Now she may have gotten there sooner. I'm not saying you're on the same level as Mother Teresa, but what I'm saying is your intention to help these people is what God looks at. And so, you know, compassion for those who compassion, are mercy, and suffering is a primary attribute of God. So that's what that's what you're displaying. So he's for him not to extend his love and mercy towards that. That would be against his nature. So, I mean, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, so I could I was to so like I'm. Like somehow people in Hollywood are are decent people. Like we know filmmakers that are pretty good people and they have their, like my parents have their own experiences that have whatever they may be, or maybe they just don't believe, but there are people out there for reasons that don't believe or are atheists. 
So like I've had this, like I said earlier, I have this Christian friend I've known since junior high. We have these conversations. And so if people, if everybody kind of has a reason to be the way they are from their experiences and whatnot, what makes a person like, where is the line where it's like, God is like too bad. If no, people have mean, good intention. There is, yeah, there, there, there is, is no, no line. There is no line, but the, the, what, ha, what there has to be, I think at some level is acceptance. You know, the guy we talked about, Father Carlos Martins is the foremost, uh, foremost exorcist in the country. He was on Wall Street and a 27-year-old atheist. The Lord basically smacked now him. Now he's the, the number head. one atheist in the in the country. Not atheist, the exorcist. Uh, exorcist. <laughs> but the Lord the, the Lord smacked him over the head, basically. And he actually had two personal meetings with what he believes was the adversary during his conversion process. I, I will tell you, here's the, here's the issue. God will judge each and every person by what they knew, how they grew up. So if you have a family that abuses you since you're three years old, right? And then you go out and become a prostitute. He's not sending you to hell for that. You had nothing to do with that. God is merciful. There okay? we go. He understands. If let's say you're a homosexual or what, whatever burden, whatever, we all have crosses to bear. God will, because he's merciful and you, the problem is you still have to be and understand, you have to understand that there is a God. The, the, here's the thing. I was told this a long time ago. If you don't believe in God, go home for five minutes, five minutes, contemplate on God and talk to him and ask him to show himself to you. Now, most people aren't even willing to do that. He will show himself to you. It may not be at that exact moment, but an hour later, or maybe he will. You know, I had a profound conversion. I've had miracle after miracle. I've seen different things in my life. So what I'm saying is you're doing the good work. And eventually, and God loves you for it. He wants you just to love him too. The challenge of Christianity, you know, Tim Keller, who was a Presbyterian minister in Manhattan, and he specialized in most of his, most of his congregation started off as highly intelligent, very successful and atheists. And the, and the core of his preaching is this. The great challenge of Christianity is that you're more sinful than you realized and more loved than you could possibly know. And, and, and come to embrace both of those things and you will and you will draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you open your heart up, he's going to come in. Yeah. I was broken up in the Mulholland Valley. I cursed God. I fell to my knees. I'm not kidding. OK, and I because we were having a hard time. This is about 30 years ago and we were having a hard time. And I said things that I should have got. I thought I was going to get hit by lightning. I'm not kidding. I, I F you. And, you know, I mean, I black. It was just terrible what I said. I To this day, I feel bad about it. And I, I just said, you know, I've, I've had enough. And, you know, just like everybody is angry at God at some point, right? And I fell to my knees and I was hysterical crying. And the Lord said to me, I, I, it was profound. I hear this every day. This is, you're not unusual, but I love you. I, and I couldn't wrap my head around. I could not wrap that, my head around that, that I did all these terrible things. And no one, every girlfriend I had fooled around on me. Every single girlfriend. My my family got divorced. My father, I nothing good in my life. Nothing good in my life. And all of a sudden, the creator of the universe, who I wasn't 100% sure one way or the other, tells me after I curse him and wish for his death, literally, tells me, but I love you. And I said right then, I broke down. 
I was laying on the floor in the mountains and I couldn't believe, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I said, how could you do that? He created it because I'm God and I love you. I created you. And from that moment, I said, you know what? No one has ever loved me like that. Is it perfect? No. He asks for a lot. You got to change your life. You got to give things up. You got to do this. You got to do that. But I'll tell you what, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. And that profound moment let me know at least one person in the world loved me. Human love is imperfect. It's about sex. It's about lust. It's about money. It's about all of that. When I got God, it filled every pore of me. I mean, I can feel the spirit on me now. I, I mean, it's just every, it just changes you. And I said to myself, I can't believe this. I'm loved. One person. God. It was unbelievable. And how do you, you know, and if you're a non-believer, this will sounds like idiocy. Until it happens to you. Until it happens and all of a sudden you're like, holy bananas. So I, I don't know. That that was our, you know, we had a profound experience. And I remember um, being in high school, actually, and there were, there were, was a table of girls in the cafeteria and there was this one table of girls and a lot of them talked about how much they want to have a baby how much they want to have a baby how much they want to have a baby which is fine and I, I remember thinking this way back then and unless you're prepared to have that kid tell you i hate you you're probably not ready to have a kid <laughs> but, well you know one of the things i gotta say one of the things i gotta say is you know uh, there are a lot of bad christians there are a lot of people say they're christian they're hypocrites they say on one hand, oh, you know, we love Jesus, but then they go and steal from you. Jesus would not steal from you. Okay, he's God. He doesn't need the money, obviously. But the bottom line is that the problem is people hate God because of his the Christians that do bad things. But you also have bad people, too. There are bad atheists. There are bad Christians. There are bad everything. And what I say is, look, you know... It's kind of like when people bang on the priest, like you were talking about. I said, by the way, I grew up in an apartment in New York City in Brooklyn. We had 40 different apartments. And if the guy on the sixth floor raped a girl, I didn't rape her. What I'm saying is that, look, you got to judge people by who they are. And look, there are a lot of, we deal with Christians in the movie business all the time. And they'll screw me over. And mm -hmm. I'll look at them and say, really? Really? You're not a believer. You had, Jesus wouldn't do what you just did to me. Oh, no. I didn't do anything bad. Excuse me. So, you know, you. I think what we have to realize, it goes back to the human condition. We're all flawed. But you, you, we try to be good. And I wouldn't steal from someone. I make sure they get every dollar they're owed when they get a movie. We're the only guys I know of in the industry that actually pay the back end because everybody steals. You know, I'm not going to say to you, you got to go to bed with me to get a role in a movie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, come on, let's be serious. How can you look at yourself in the mirror? Okay. Maybe that's the problem because when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're a beast. But the bottom line is, you know, and this is the only way you can do it. But I mean, I'm being funny, obviously. But what I'm saying is from my point of view, you know, look, there's good and bad. I just want to be good. I believe. I believe there's evil. I believe there's good. We made the, the movie for a reason. I believe that uh, there's a God and the devil. And I think the devil is nasty. And I think everything that people blame God for, it's the devil that does that. But God, in his mercy, he takes it. He lets you accuse him. And when he said that to me, I hear this every day. I felt bad for him. I was like, oh, that people are telling me hated it. And then he tells me he loves it. That was it. I was done. So, so 
Uh, Nefarious is in the theaters right now, but I was wondering, um, after the theatrical run, um, do you have a plan for Nefarious? Like a physical yeah, I mean, or video on demand? Or? Yeah, we're yeah, gonna go. We go to all the video on demand. Streaming video on demand window starting in the beginning of June, and then you know we'll, we'll do transactional home video. Yeah, we'll do transactional, and we'll do. Uh, it'll be on Amazon, Netflix. It'll be everywhere, God willing. But um, you know, we want to stay in the theaters as long as we can, yeah. for obvious reasons, and. Um, you know, but then it'll go through the process that every movie goes through. Well, uh, right now is a good time. I know what you're saying is it horror or thriller, or whatever. But uh, right now is a good time for independent horror movies in the theater. Oh yeah, I mean uh, the horror genre has just taken off in the last three or four or five years. I mean, I, I mean, just this we got what Pope's Exorcist, you got uh, Renfield, you got a new one coming out. It's one of the most loyal demographic groups. You know, you have children's animation. Right, right. I'm just going to throw it out there. Way better than Pope's Exorcist. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we, we were both in a Hands down. One. Forget it. There's no comparison. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. We, uh, we didn't hear anything good about Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But, but the problem is this is the Hollywood problem. They get 3,000 screens because Sony says to the theaters, if you don't give us the screens, we won't give you Spider-Man. We're up against- So the theaters just, they cave. We're up against $75 million of horror film advertising. Yeah. Over this well, it was, it was uh, funny. I saw someone on Facebook and they actually deleted my reply, but they were like, oh, Pope's Exorcist, it's really good. And it only costs $18 million. And I, oh, only $18 million. And they deleted my reply. But I just thought it was kind of a silly thing to say. It only costs $18 million. I was like- I think it costs a lot more than that. Probably uh, when you put in, uh, yeah, probably that's probably I just his- you know, Russell uh, Crowe's Right. Yeah. The scuttlebutt was he that, that that he got some enormous sum that they're afraid of getting out. It's so large. Wow. Yeah. An, an embarrassingly large amount of money that's not being publicly stated. Probably got forty million. Uh, wow. I, it's, I don't know what it was, but I know it was a big pile uh, of shekels on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you did mention earlier possible sequels. Is that something that you thought about? Yeah. Yeah, you know, depending on the movie does, which is why I want all your horror fans to basically go out and see it. But we're talking a prequel, a sequel, and a TV show. You want to know what we're thinking of doing? Yeah. The prequel is easy, but I can go through anywhere in time. I could do the French Revolution. I could do World War oh, II. Okay. I could do anything in time because Nefarious has been around since yeah. the beginning, right? The whole immortal thing. Is, so I can is actually that. do something like kind of cool idea. and interesting and like the French Revolution, you know, I can do La Miz. If you remember the barricade and the revolution, I can do that and have Nefarious as the guy who starts, you know, this and that, you know, so we're playing with that. I could also do a prequel where the detective who's on the case trying to find him, we show his six or 10, I think it was 11 murders. And the, in other words, how he gets caught, yeah. you know, and put in jail, that that would be a prequel. The sequel, I we set it up for a prequel, obviously. Miss Me, you know, and that type of thing. The sequel, you mean. And I think yeah. the, uh, the sequel, pardon me, yeah. Uh -huh. And then uh, as a TV show. If Steve Davis gets his way, we'll never be doing anything else other than Nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then as a TV show, I'd like to flip it into the TV show where Nefarious week to week or every two or three or four weeks. You know, we set up a situation where he's inhabited. For lack someone, of a better term, touched by a demon. Yeah. You know, and, and then James is in pursuit of him, trying to save the people from him because no one believes. But make it gritty and real. I don't want to make it like, you know, you know, yeah. Kumbaya. You know, Not that kind a Hallmark of Channel special? No, no, I don't no, think no. so. I don't think so. Yeah. 
Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but would would Sean Patrick uh, Flannery be uh, nefarious in these various settings? Or uh, well, Sean's still on camera, so if he's listening, we want you to be nefarious I for the rest sure. of your it, life. It would be hard. Uh, it would be hard shoes to fill. I think. Oh uh, no, dude, the guy—he's unbelievable. He makes. And by the way, uh, you guys, I'll tell you what: if we do a sequel, a prequel, a TV show, I invite both of you on us. We'll fly you down to the set, put you up in the hotel for a couple of days. You hang out on the set and see the magic happen. Yeah, hey, so we have this recorded. <laughs> so we're going to. So when you hear about this, send me an email and remind me because I'm, you know, I'm old and, you know, I've been around since the time of Moses. So uh, I'll probably forget. But the bottom line is I will tell you, Noah, are you uh, very much respect on this end for both of you. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, you for allowing us this conversation. You know, very unusual, very enlightening. Very, you know, we were allowed to say what we feel, obviously. Mm -hmm. I know, and and hopefully you felt that we felt that you can say whatever you feel. And, yeah. you know, treat people the same way. So. And we hope that everybody who watches this has a really great time and a really great experience watching it. That's I what, will tell you what we get know, a lot. Every, everybody that makes movies, that's what we really want. We really want... We really want them to look at it and say, wow, that was a good story. That's all we want. That's what I always wanted when I went to the movies. I want, want to go to a movie. I want to get my money's worth. I'll tell you what we hear a lot of is people are make. it's obviously comedic, but they basically say, I bought my popcorn and my my Coke and my hot dog or my Twizzlers or whatever. I didn't eat them. I couldn't stop. I, I couldn't concentrate on eating my popcorn mm -hmm. because I was riveted by the movie. So that's a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Other we had a great time, and uh, we'll actually have a more in-depth review. We filmed one right after the movie, and that'll be on the website soon. Uh, we do oh, yeah. a video series, Neil and Annabelle's Dinner in a Movie. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually didn't have dinner while we reviewed it, but we did a review. We did not. We couldn't eat. No. <laughs> it's yeah, been I'm a real actually... pleasure to talk with you guys. I love conversations like this, and the movie's amazing, so it was a treat for me to be able to have I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You, yeah, Come on. you got the Ouija board and the other thing, too. So, I mean, you're the only person. You got the whole... I can't believe more people don't see it. I, to me, I thought I it was so cool. I thought there's no way that's just some kind of accident. Right. And I said to myself, Sean, dude, it's too over the top. They're going to see it. And he's like, no, they won't. He was it's right. subtle enough. The right yeah. people see it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the website is uh, who who is nefarious .com, and uh, where else can they uh, you either follow you guys or the movie to see what where it goes? You know they can look up our names or uh, the movie. By the way, is in Fandango. It's on. You know you can get it in any theater. Uh, you know you have to search for it a little bit because we're only on seven hundred and fifty screens. We're hoping that we actually go up from there. But anywhere they want, you know, and um, and just because, and I'm not trying because we don't make any money on this, but. As a horror fan, I suggest you check out Insatiable as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely he did such it, crazy it's work. It's a black comedy, but it's a horror black comedy. It's 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 a and I'll tell you, this is Hollywood how they mess things up. The cover on the the of the DVD has got this big breasted woman leaning forward, obviously trying to titillate everyone. Yeah. She wasn't in the movie. They tried to turn <laughs> it into like a sex drama. Yeah, yeah. that black happens a lot from what I understand. Yeah. And the, the geniuses in Hollywood are like, okay, we'll get a chick with big bananas and let's roll. And I'm it's, like, this has nothing really, to do with the movie. 
It's really weird because the people who might want to watch it, they're like, well, that's probably not a movie I want to watch. And then the people who do see that, like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that. Then they watch it and they'd be like, it's what? Totally this isn't point. anything like the. So I don't really see how it works. Yeah. It's just, I, I just. <laughs> it doesn't show up in the flick. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. Pops up on the red box, I guess. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys. This has been great. Been thank fun. you. And we'll talk both. to you guys again sometime. And with no yeah. offense, God bless you both. Thank you as well. You as well. Yeah. No, no, no offense. I taken. totally appreciate it. Thank you yeah. very much. Okay, guys. We'll see you. Bye-bye now. And if you need we're, anything, let us know. All right. All right we're going to play. I'm going to play. I've got a, a just a, like a tour. You guys can stay if you, do, if you don't want to. It's cool. Um, it's actually a little excerpt from our longer review. So it's like a two or three minute uh, clip of that. And the full review will come later. And uh, then we're going to get Joe Souza on from Monster Expo. But I'm going to play that now. And we'll see you guys soon. See ya. Thank you both. Bye. I don't think that's working. Oh, this, I was watching this, and I was like, okay, I'll be perfectly honest. I think I, I disagree with every uh, viewpoint of uh, whoever's making this movie, but... Ah. I found the movie very interesting mm -hmm. and very well made. I, I applaud this movie because it was a totally different viewpoint than I have. And I think they did a great job. Also a great wow. job of basically movie with two people. Yeah. Um, and keeping my, my attention throughout the whole film. Wow. I wanted you to totally get into this first because I know you're atheist. Yes. With maybe some slight doubts from your Ouija and... Seeing Probably something not. in the yeah, tree experience. What are you talking about? The two people who's a husband and wife, and they moved across there, the street there, there and are, lost them there, in the dark. There are things, I didn't know there, that. There are Come things. There are things out that maybe we don't know about, but that doesn't. Oh, doesn't necessarily mean I think there's uh, the Lord and the Savior. I didn't say so. that. But there's stuff going on other than All right. that. That's that. Fair. That's but at any rate, so Neil has is not a man of faith. No. And so there's that. There's also a lot of social commentary in the movie that, that I don't agree with any of it. Uh, any of the political views, I don't th think that they're really trying to get over. But um, the movie made me think. And it also, it also let me see their viewpoint, which I can mm -hmm. respect. There's um, faith. There's um, stuff about assisted uh, suicide. Yes. Or, you know, um, and um, abortion. And But then it started to make me think, because this is a demonic possession movie. Mm -hmm. Is the portrayal of the demon in this movie any different than the portrayal of a demon in The Exorcist? Or even even Dracula and Renfield were talking about? Mm -hmm. The point is, the demon in this is really fixating on the guilt of uh, the people, mm -hmm. which really is no different than those other movies, mm -hmm. regardless of if you think their guilt is warranted or not a very good point very good point yeah i thought i liked it i am uh i wouldn't not i'm not an atheist i don't know what i am i think there's a lot of wild crazy stuff that i don't i have no real answers to anything i think some things like a little bit of different things make sense to me i very much really do respect people who are decent good people who have faith, whatever that faith may be. Um, 
But I have some familiarity because I did grow up with someone very, very religious and I did not grow up with any religion. It was like banned from the household because of people that were, grew up in a time where you were forced to go to like Catholic school and they told you they're gonna go to hell. So at any rate, I did not grow up with religion and I've always been fascinated by it. So me and this friend that I grew up with, I used to ask him questions, he was very respectful and we just have these big conversations about whatever his beliefs were. And he remains very faithful and very strict to this day. And I thought this was a really cool movie to do exactly what you said it did, is to put this, these perspectives out there where you can see where they're coming from. Even if yeah, you're not yeah. totally, you, you have different, like abortion, right? So. All right, and we're back here once again at the station of decapitation. Without your head, I'm still Nasty Neil. And I am Animal Lecter. Yes, and thanks to, uh, to our previous guests. And welcome here, Joe Souza of Monster Expo. It's very uh, cool to meet you. Thanks for having us on, guys. How's it going tonight? It's good. It's a good night. So let us know, first of all, Monster Expo. When did, when did it start and what was, uh, what was like the thought process behind it? Well, we actually started kicking around the idea after Rock and Shock uh, didn't come back. Um, you know, we both had a couple of, you know, actually I have about 20 years in production before we started doing Monster Expo with uh, fine art shows. So, um, you know, the only thing that was kind of new to us was taking on the celebrities and stuff like that, organizing, you know, the uh, vendors and getting everybody in and advertising is something that we we're pretty used to. But uh Having celebrity guests was a new bridge for us to cross. So we didn't really know if that was something we were going to be able to get into, how would we even start doing it. And then the pandemic came, so that kind of got backburnered. But then when things started opening back up, you know, a lot of things weren't there. And we saw the opportunity to take the risk and have a small show and see, test the waters and see how it goes. And we were lucky to grab, you know, just a couple guests for that first year. And I think it was just needed. So we kind of lucked out with timing and, you know, had a lot of people that wanted to go to Rock and Shock, just had no place to go, come and meet up there. So we just kind of lucked out, I think. Yeah, so it's you, definitely been a like a, a whole. Rock and Shock was so much. It was so many things. And it yep. was, like you said, that was if you were in New England, if you were not in New England, people were coming. Exactly. Yep. So, no, that was a, that was one of my best shows. I'm a vendor myself, and uh, you know, I, I definitely missed it. I was really bummed to hear it wasn't coming back. And then Scaricon went away pretty much the same year as well. You know, so it was definitely something we were thinking about. <clears throat> but like I said, you know, with the celebrities coming in, it's it's a risky game. You know, trying to get those uh, numbers to add up because bringing in celebrities isn't cheap. You know? So that first show, like, uh, I, I assume, I assume all of them are, but the first show, if it's your first time running one with the, you know, uh, with guests, that was probably nerve wracking. I would think petrified, you know? <laughs> especially with the, the atmosphere with COVID, like, you know, we waited a good oh, long same. time for it to be open and people were comfortable, but you never knew what was around the corner. You know, you never knew what was going to happen. So you hear rumblings about this and that, and, uh, you know, all the money we had laid out and got ready to you know, the work and the time put into it, you know, just hoping that that wasn't pull the rug out from under us right before the show came was the big concern. And then it was just, are people going to show up? You know, I got 60, 70 vendors depending on us to bring people here to make some money after years of not making any money. 
you know, so yeah, definitely nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what kind of stuff, um, when you were a vendor at Rock and Shock, what kind of stuff uh, were, were you selling? Well, I sell uh, utilitarian monster sculptures, stuff like that. I'm actually um, in the studio right now. I think I got working on pipes oh, for 420 cool. over here. Where I oh, sweet. Real familiar, I think. Yeah, so you probably, I, I do jars and boxes yeah, and utilitarian yeah. type stuff. And yeah, I sell horror collectibles and VHS to kind of fill in the gaps, but I try mm -hmm. to concentrate on the artwork. Well, that's a good thing coming into doing a convention is you know what it's like to be a vendor and you know what they need. That was our focus, you know, was um, we were a lot of people I talked to and myself, you know, it's kind of frustrating when you see this big show built on your back. You know, they're taking the money from the vendors mm -hmm. and they're putting all that into advertising for celebrities just to get people through the door and all the money, all the time, all the effort goes to celebrity guests, celebrity guests and. I wanted to make a show that was for vendors to, you know, to really showcase the talent that we have. I'm a very art heavy show. You know, I want authors, writers, movie makers, you know, things along those lines. And I want to really get that independent horror, you know, in New England in, you know, the celebrities and autograph shows, there's tons of them. If people want to go to there. They're going to come back. They already are. We're trying to build that horror family over there, that independent, you know, horror world. Get a few celebrities just to go through the door, but we don't want to suck up all the money for the vendors. You know, we just yeah. want to concentrate on people coming in that live horror, you know, that want to decorate their whole house in horror, that are looking for that next story that, you know, not the people that, oh, I like Robert England or I, I, I know who Jason Voorhees is. Of course, everybody's welcome, but we really want that core horror fan, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we've got George James Frazier involved with Film Festival. Yeah. Both know so how, that's a totally other dimension to here's indie horror in a different way. There's creators in a different way to combine. Exactly, this. you know, when I see horror conventions and they're offering money, you know, for a, a quote unquote artist alley discount for people who do comics, it's like this just doesn't add up. You know, we need to be discounting the filmmaker tables. You know, this is a horror convention. We're not supposed to be a horror convention. Shouldn't be a comic con with horror guests. You know, you need to have that independent horror, the horror authors, the people that should be getting the discounts are the authors and the, you know, the movie makers to get their stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So I had met George at the first Monster Expo, you know, and he just pretty much seeing the same vision I am with getting that independent horror out there. So it was a natural fit. You know, he needed a venue for it. I wanted to have, you know, a horror fest there to showcase the independent horror. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, more than happy to do it. And we're more than happy to have him. Yeah, he's a cool guy in Happenstance uh, Horror Festival. is a, It's a really fun uh, festival. You yeah, we, cool, we get to uh, – we got a big auditorium style this year instead of just a small room. So we got a bigger theater. Uh, we're going for both days instead of just the Sunday this year with the Horror Fest. We're going to introduce some awards again this year and hopefully just keep growing each year. Yeah. I'm a winner of a previous award. So oh, excellent. Yeah. That was a very good short. Actually, it rekindled our friendship. It was it so good. Yeah. yeah, we hadn't talked for a couple of years, and then it was a happenstance, and uh, my uh, umbilicus desiderio uh, premiered at it, and uh, and we started talking again. So it's uh... so this is the power of independent film. Exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, getting just seeing the people that like. All right, I've known this vendor for three or four years, and then I just met this vendor. This is the first year working with them. We put them all together in the room. And then two months later, they're working together or this is happening or they're friends and it's just growing the family, you know, and it's just great to see and put people together to, you know, help each other out and help each other grow. So um, 
the happenstance one that's going to be the one i believe in october right with happenstance yes. or yeah but uh so next weekend is uh halfway to halloween presents yep. ladies of horror which is very cool so that'll be april 29th and the 30th in fairhaven mass and uh so um you got some cool guests at this one i know you, you try to keep the guests you know small so you, you focus on the vendors but you are bringing some cool people like linnea quigley yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to admit a lot of these guests are people I just want to meet again. <laughs> you know, like Linnea That's and fair. Patty were definitely up on my list. I've met Linnea a couple times at Rock and Shock, and she's just so yeah, sweet. she's super nice. And we've worked with uh, Felissa, not at a show, but we've done plenty of shows with her. And the energy that she brings to the show, I'm sure you're aware of. It's like Those are the kind of guests we want, the people that really engage and get out there and, you know, Yes, find the person when, that's in the shadows, like being nervous and pull them on yeah. in and say, you know, come on yeah. in and get a picture. And people really enjoy it because there exactly. are some celebrity guests at some conventions that are sometimes outspoken about how much they don't want to do it now. And yes, they just seem unapproachable sometimes. I've been there myself. I'm a pretty uh, shy person until I get going. So to break that ice, I kind of needed I need to be welcomed, you know, and. Yeah. A lot of those guests could either just reading the book or looking unapproachable. Or I've, I've met a couple that I were really excited to, and they didn't even look me in the eye when they took my money and just signed it and pushed it over. You know, those are so we everybody has bad days too. You know, yeah, so yeah. you really well, you remember both experiences. You remember the one <laughs> yep. where the person you know didn't really care, and then you remember the ones where they're very uh, friendly. And I think when you have a handful of guests, um, it gives the people you know a little more intimacy with them, a little more time, and so you have to actually. Uh, pick and choose uh uh guests that are really going to fit that environment i think yeah you know being a new show we, we we pick and choose what we can get in there i try to get um you know unfortunately i i tend to stick with my 80s you know generation because it's just what right. i know I mean, and what, what i of, like and what i want to see like, so yeah exactly and going into the october show we, we have a little more uh, room we bring a couple more guests so we try to you know spread it out a little more to cover the genre a little more but basically i focus on my 80s slasher stuff because that's pretty much what i grew up with and what i want to see and what i feel like a, a lot of the people that i'm targeting want to see that demographic as well you know uh, you have a lot of cool vendors there i saw a clay guy's gonna be there who we've met many times at uh at conventions around the country actually so I've never met him, and I'm really looking forward to it because his work looks amazing. Yeah, you know? um, halfway to Halloween being a smaller show, uh, we get a lot of the same vendors back. You know, we have really do have that family feel of everybody getting there and being happy to see each other and working together. So when we bring new vendors on the floor, we we tend to vet them really well and try to get a balance of something new. And I was really excited when he signed up. He was almost not even, you know, didn't even have to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I saw the stuff, we had no one doing anything like it. It looked like a great, you know, quality. And we're really excited to see him there. So to see that he's been around is great. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. And his work Excellent. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I noticed also that when Neil and I went that it was nice to have conversation with some of the vendors too. Yeah. And that's really nice to be able to talk with people who are these creators. Um, I just saw Pat, I wish I could remember. That's the thing too, is like, it's, I try to, I like it when people do have the paper business cards. Cause then, yep. Yep. But there's some, just some great stuff and some really interesting people and just fun to talk with and learn about what they do. And 
I mean, it was just amazing. We had a very small convention at a flea market before I did Monster Expo, and it went over kind of well again, just because it was so needed and the timing worked out. And um, I maybe had like nine or ten vendors, but they were like, if you ever wanted to do that horror show, you know, we'd sign on. So I had about ten people signed on to start, and then within a week, we had sold out that first floor for the halfway to Halloween, just because of the vendors and the word of mouth and. Yeah, so it was really all the vendors that signed on that really got this thing going and, you know, made it happen and took a chance and supported us. And, mm -hmm. you know, so we couldn't be more grateful. And I, I'd say 60 to 70 percent of them were our friends that we've worked with in the past. And yeah. the rest are now our friends. You know, yeah. so. And What's, Fairhaven was a very nice little place. I'd never been. We're there. happy to be back there. You know, we definitely outgrew it. We're trying to think of where to move the halfway show next year. Yeah to make it a little bit bigger because I mean, people are probably expecting a little more to that, that we did October. We're going back to a smaller show, mm -hmm. but you know, we really try to concentrate on that being a vending show with a few guests and yeah. stuff along those lines. Have a really oh. cool bar where you can play video games up the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Is that play? Play. Yeah. 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 Awesome. yeah. It was, it was very nice. Yeah. We we uh played some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which yes, was, no, I've never played four-player yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, no, sir, that's happening, and we won. <laughs> we did. We beat the game. It was very exciting. Oh, you beat the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were there for a while then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we're we, doing it. We were there when they closed. It was literally closing, <laughs> and we beat it after they were asking everyone to leave. So it was it was good there was, time. Like, guys <laughs> standing around us waiting to play. I'm like, nope. Coin, coin. quarters across the screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, line them up in a row. Yeah. 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 It was good. yeah. So, uh, what kind of stuff do you yourself collect? Uh, again, '80s stuff, really. You know, and I've been collecting for so long. A lot of it just kind of took a back burner and went in the thing. I, you know, I did all the He-Man and Star Wars and Thundercats and all that stuff a long time ago. <coughs> Now, I don't even really know what I'm going after. When I see it, I know it, you know, yeah. with uh, working with a lot of the celebrities, I've kind of just been getting stuff that, you know, they're attached to so I can get it autographed and put it away to remember and, you know, yeah. save for down the road. Um, masks, pretty much I've been getting into lately, getting a couple of new ones of those. That was something I never really was into. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now, it seems like I'm just collecting bills. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I I do want to start uh, actually uh, getting stuff from Clay Guy because now I have a place I can uh, I can display them during the show, which would be fun to to have You're a Clay like, Guy uh, creation behind. Dude, it. Neil's gonna have to become tiny and zoom out so he can have. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I did I do I, I did actually buy another bookshelf with the idea <laughs> of expanding it and pushing the, the camera back, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go. I can just move stuff around. To go is the show to get stuff to fill up the shelves. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we got a, a lot of new crafters there this year that I'm excited about. Uh, House of a Thousand Pumpkins is coming. He I does love the uh, name. All, yeah, it was all handmade, carved like pumpkins, all unique, each one original. You know, um, my friend Copper Jackie, who uh, does you know artwork on copper and then kind of black washes it to bring oh, out the sweet. details and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, she does a lot of like quirky sayings and horror posters and stuff like that. So really excited to see these new vendors, see how they go over and, you know, mix up the floor a little bit. Yeah. I'm looking here at the website. I got a JW's uh, wicked pumpkin fact, uh, puppet factory, which that sounds very fun. Yep. John's been uh, doing shows with us about, I think he's been at every one. So this must be you. I think I've created a monster. That's us. Yep. That's me. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> it is. 
and very cool stuff. I've seen that stuff, but I did not realize that it was you as well. So. Yeah, it's fun to like when we used to travel a lot, you know, because you hear everybody do the accent. They get they get it right away, no matter where we are. You know, we go down to Dragon Con in Georgia, <laughs> and they're, they're like, monster, monster, you park your car in the yard. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have the, the accent, even though I'm, I'm from around here, but uh, my brother has more of it than I do. It definitely comes out depending on who I'm around. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> when you have to play it up when you run Monster Expo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it actually when people are from a, an area that would have a very, very heavy accent and you don't have it, you watched a lot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't getting out very much. <laughs> so uh, when did you become a horror fan? Were you always a horror fan? Yeah, yeah, honestly. It's comic books and horror, something I always grew up on. My uh my grandmother got me into horror. Um, oh, nice. I grew up in Tiverton, Rhode Island, which didn't have cable until I was like 14 or 15 years old. My grandmother lived in Fall River, which is a city right near us. So she had cable. So I would sleep over there on the weekends and she would I'd watch uh, USA up all night, you know, and they'd, they'd show like the Friday the 13th. And, but the first movie she showed me, my first horror movie was um, American Werewolf in London, and that's always oh, held a special place favorites. for me. And that that's what got me started wanting to do special effects and things like that. But everything I made always just came out kind of colorful and whimsical, so I just gave up on it and went with the what I'm doing now. Seems like it's working out. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a whimsical uh, werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I still, uh, you know, I still wish I could do some of that gory, bloody, you know. Uh, we used to make a lot of, you know, B movies with the my parents' camcorder till I dropped it and broke it, and that was the end of that. <laughs> Do you get involved in any of the because local horror just becomes a bigger and bigger thing? Have you been involved in independent horror films? No, other other than you know just helping out with some money here and there and getting a you know production thing. Not anything lately. We've been, uh, I've been concentrating on the studio and the show, and we just launched a magazine as well. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That looks wild. So, you know, trying to, because we know all these different creators, authors, and artists that are looking for outlets to get stuff out there. So it's kind of, to me, it's just like organizing a show, but on a book, you know. What is the name of this? Because I did not realize. It's a monster mag. So we kind of have everything branded across the whole thing. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's great. And, um, so it's is it a it's a physical magazine? Yes, yeah, both going to be physical magazine because again, you know, I I envision something along the lines of a cross between heavy metal and Fangoria, and I mean, I used to just stare at those books constantly. You know, I, I would read the same one over and over again until the next one came out, and um, so that's kind of like you know the most recent Fangorias I was reading. They're not as gory as I'd want to be. Heavy metal still as great as ever, you know, but I think kind of bringing them both together with the uh, and have a bunch of independent writers and stories. I mean, we got some great stories coming. Some uh, some stuff too that I really can't wait to see the response on. That when I was reading, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be phenomenal." You yeah. Know? So, uh, for very people, intense stuff. It's all over the board, really, because yeah. all these different creators are everywhere. You know, um, let's just say it's going to have a very heavy, mature readers label warning on there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, for people out there who would be interested, you know, either uh, artists, uh, writers. Uh, how would they uh, contact you if they would, you know, to be interested to be in Monster Mag? Uh, you could just put Monster Mag in any browser and uh, you'll find the website or you'll find the Facebook page or find the Instagram page. You know, we just started getting uh, all that stuff built. So we, we might have to dig down a couple, you know, two or three listings to find us. But 
give us three or four months. We'll be up there. Yeah. Are, are, uh, when's the first issue? Is it out, the first issue? No, nope, we're hopefully be going to be going to print. We really wanted to get it out for Monster Expo, but it was just kind of a little too much on our yeah. plate. So we're hoping to go to print no later than mid-May to get the June, July, August issue out. It'll be a quarterly, and that'll be the summer issue to start with. Oh, very cool. That sounds very fun. And the good thing about uh, what I always like about horror, one of the things I like about it, is they're all different things. Because I like kind of silly, goofy stuff. I like horror comedies. I like something really intense and gory. Exactly. And it depends what kind of mood I'm in. And I really try to, you know... I mean, Monster Expo is a horror convention, but I try to make it more of a monster convention. You know what I mean? So you got Godzilla, Ultraman, all that stuff encompassed as well. It's not just your slasher horror, you know, your monsters. And I mean, even if you really wanted to push the envelope, you can go as far as like Muppets and stuff like that. Because I mean, technically. You know? <laughs> so any kind of creature creating is what we're looking for, you know. Very cool. So uh, what, what are some of your favorite monsters? Oh, I'm a Godzilla creature double feature guy. You know, I definitely grew up on uh, Creature Double Feature, Channel 56. I don't know. Uh, yeah, exactly. WLVI is part of yeah, living, exactly. living 56. Yes. So we have a great article coming up in the magazine by uh, Bob Eggleton, the Godzilla painter, who was oh. doing a big article on WLVI 56 oh, and wow. Creature Feature and all that. Nice. So I'm really excited to read that as well. Very so, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm a kaiju guy for sure. You know, then, I'm, then it's the classic Universal Monsters. So not everybody's going to know what this is, but you're from New England. Do you remember Kaiju Big Battle? Oh, of course. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> just, just today I was contacted by Kaiju. This is really weird. You brought that up. Kaiju Big Battle. Uh, Vatel just contacted me today. They're making a pilot. Hopefully I can say this. They're making a pilot for a TV show, and they wanted to use trailers um, uh, from Endzone 2. In the, oh, that's uh, in great. the pilot episode, I was like, yeah, I mean, yes, rubber, of course, exactly. wrestling in rubber suits. What can go wrong? You know, it's like, what's not to love? It's got to nope. be a train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, Annabelle. Uh, Diego Santos Diego, who we met yeah. in uh, in New York a few years ago yeah. at a convention, he actually wrestles for Cajun Big Battle. Out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know his little guy. He's like the little pickle, not pickle guy, the, the box guy. Which one? I think he's got. I think he's the current box head guy. Stop. But he may be. He may be. Uh, he may be a few different things. But yeah. All right. No one else knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, just a, little, it's a little click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really weird. That came out because it was just that just came up today. I was like, oh, this is very cool. I've tried to explain it to people a couple times. You get that vacant look on their face. <laughs> it's incredible. It's people in, in insane costumes. Like I don't remember what they call it, but it's plantains. They're like. The plantain brothers or something like that and they just go, it's like luchador fighting yeah exactly madness it's just like little buildings on this on this thing they're smashing and you know body slamming each other into it's yeah. great yeah. you got a kung fu campbell soup can what, what else exactly. well maybe we'll do an episode sometime annabelle maybe we can get a couple of them to come to the expo that would be sweet, yeah. pictures yeah. taken that would be awesome yeah wow. that would be really fun I'll, i will uh i'll contact everyone together and we'll see if something <laughs> yeah. worked out but that's fun that's how things work out and you said about the like a family thing i i always like the community feel of a convention or even some festivals or the this show itself uh, i think that's a big uh, part of uh the fun of it for me 
exactly. That was one of my favorite things about doing shows was, you know, showing up to load in and seeing the people that you haven't seen. Like yeah. I have my Jersey friends that I see when I would go down there to do the horror conventions there and mm-hmm. or the people up Maine when I'm up at Maine Comic Con and all the people I see at every place because they just go over the whole country as well, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. really it's it's a it's a fun family to be. And it's like just cool to think like, oh, I know a guy that does that. Oh, I know a girl that does that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And you learn a lot of the um, the guests are, you know, they're uh, just normal people themselves. And a lot of them are just, you know, uh, we became friends with John Dugan, just a great guy. And uh, yep, a lot yep. of people. No, it's it's definitely uh, I was overwhelmed at first on my first shows to see, you know, all these people that I've seen on TV, didn't know what to say. Um, then I started doing the show and I probably had more of my best conversations with celebrities, not even knowing who they were. You know, you're like outside doing whatever yeah. you're doing and then you just start talking to somebody and, you know, you don't get that anxious feeling or, you know, whatever it is like, oh, I want to ask him that or should I ask him this or let me just, you know, talk like a normal conversation about dogs or, you know, whatever's yeah. going on and <laughs> walk back in the convention and they go, OK, see you later and walk back to the table and it's Linda Blair. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. well, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they appreciate way more that, stuff than I realized. I'm a 2B person and it's like Linda Blair, Linda Blair, Linda Blair. Yeah. Got a lot out there. I think she's actually going to be in the new Exorcist. Really? Yeah, they're saying it's going to be a direct. Very, I didn't think she liked direct, that movie too much, from what I heard. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a direct sequel to the original. So I, I, I don't know right. if she's going to be a big part of it, if she, if it yeah. is, or what's happening. But so they trying to undo the other sequel. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. just forget about that. Yeah, one, that's exactly. the new trend. It's uh, everything's <laughs> a direct sequel to the original yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's even like Halloween has multiple direct sequels to the uh, to the original. We can just keep trying. Yeah. I want a direct sequel to Halloween 3, the season of yeah, the witch. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would I would actually enjoy that to be to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. So speaking of screenings, we have Friday night before Monster Expo, we have uh, Night of the Demons being screened at oh, the awesome. Capitol Theater in Arlington. Uh Linnea is gonna oh, be cool. there, do a little QA, a little entry, uh, you know, intro to the movie, get everybody pumped and ready for the weekend. Arlington Mass. Yes, Arlington. Oh, Mass. okay. All right. I'm, Arlington Mass was a, was a place I knew. So, all right. Cool. That's great. Very <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. She she's awesome. And yeah, that that's a fun movie. And that's a, a movie that doesn't. Uh, I know people know it, but just movie that doesn't get. Uh, I think doesn't get played a lot. So that, that'll be no, fun. no, definitely not. You know, and it's definitely someone that you you got to find the horror fans for that. That's not like the Friday the Thirteenth or you know the Nightmare on Elm Street that everybody knows and yeah. goes to right away. Yeah, it's and there's great. nothing like watching uh, even the old movies I've seen a bunch of times. It's a totally different experience watching it on a big screen with a group of people. Oh, definitely. Yep. Especially those older ones. Where, you know, I just get those memories of standing in that video store, just staring at you know cases and having no clue who's in it, what it's about, but judging the whole thing, kind of like your box of cereal. You know, just what has <laughs> right. the best prize, what has the best picture. You know? <laughs> what am I going to watch this weekend? <laughs> does not always tell you what you're going to watch. No, no, no. That's what sold it as a kid to me, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, what kind of cover art we have. Or... <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Annabelle painted this uh, motel hell up here, the Vince, uh, Farmer Vincent, but it was one of the first things I saw in, in my brother's Fangoria magazine when I was a little kid, and I, it was like one of the first things I made my mom rent for me. I was like, I have to yeah. see this movie with the <laughs> big a, guy in a chainsaw. That's a very underappreciated film. I agree. Motel hell. <laughs> Yeah, it takes all kinds of uh, critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. 
So what else do people, what else would you like to share about the weekend? There's other things people need to know. What, what does it cost? People will want to know. Well, you know, this is just a pretty much a uh, really heavily curated uh, art show and authors, writers and stuff. We have over 60 vendors, uh, special wow. effects artists, you know, four or five guests. Um, it's going to cost you 18 bucks at the door to get in on Saturday, sweet. Uh, 15 bucks on Sunday. You know, I think the weekend's going for 25 or something like that. I'll uh, try to really keep it low, like I said, so people can have some money to, you know, bring some stuff home and. You know, but uh, you're going to see a lot of cosplay. He's going to be tons of photo opportunities, tons of time, like you said, to talk to the vendors. A lot of your favorite vendors from your previous shows are going to be there, along with some new ones. Um, and all of our vendors love to talk about what they do. Yeah. You know, we do tons of artists that would be more than happy to tell you about their process, about how they get started, about what they want to do down the road, what they have cooked up, you know. Um, I really, I can't say enough about the welcoming feel that we try to portray at this show, you know, whether it's your first time or your 20th, you know, show, you're going to come in, you're going to have a good time. You're going to meet someone new. You're going to find something new. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So this has been cool and we'll, we'll do this yeah. more often, you know, when you have shows coming up. Definitely. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, the one coming up in Taunton, we got a lot, I don't know if you guys made it out to Monster Expo Returns in the new venue, but, um, we're about four times the size in the new venue. We got screenings going on all day. We got five or six breakaway rooms. We have the horror fest running all day. We're gonna have hands-on workshops. Oh wow! Um, Tyler Green from Face Off from the FX, oh, the first year champion. He's gonna come. He's gonna wow. be selling his kits. He's gonna be doing workshops, talking about you know uh, special effects things along those lines. We're gonna have tons of panels, and I think um, the most fun thing is we're doing a 3D movie. So you're gonna walk in the door. You're gonna get 3D glasses. And um, the whole show is going to be in 3D. The floor wow. map's going to be in 3D. The posters on the wall will be in 3D. We'll have 3D screenings. We're going to play Jaws 3D in the pool. Get yourself a little floaty, soak nice. in the pool, watch Jaws 3D. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> so, this show is like... We really want to make it an interactive type show. Something that yeah. you're coming in, you're doing. We're going to have guests so you can get your autographs, get your pictures. But the focus is... I don't know if you've ever done Dragon Con or Aresia. Those, those wonderful things those old style sci-fi shows where the focus yeah. is more of things that you do you know it's more whether you want to learn about special effects whether you want to learn how to write a movie whether you want to you know learn how to film a movie we're trying to get more of those hands-on things and we're working with the hotel to go into the night so when the vendor room closes at five o'clock six o'clock the show's not yeah. going to end we're still going to have screenings we're still going to have programs we're still going to have things to do throughout the whole night I have to say, I went to, uh, or I feel bad, Necronomicon, the Lovecraft yep. thing, and there was so many lectures, and I loved it. I loved that, that's that's what we're looking for, you know. Uh, Aresia, Boscone, um, Dragon Con, they really build. You know, you you pay to get in there, and then that's it. You know, you got stuff to do all day long. We're not going to be hitting you up for money here, hitting you up for money there dropping $300 on autographs and pictures and there's waiting in all line just to do that. You know, we really want to have a, a immersive, you know, show where you're really going to go out of there learning stuff and um, have a bigger love for horror, I guess, and more of an understanding about it. That's amazing. I love it. You have a games room. We, we, you know, we have so many rooms and we've just been trying to cycle. <laughs> we've been cycling like each year, trying to figure out what works, what sticks, you know, um, Obviously, the panel rooms and the screening rooms are staying. The yeah. but we have one. We were thinking of a gaming room. We we're thinking of possibly a tattoo room. Oh wow! Um, so we just don't. 
we got a couple extra rooms that we don't know what to do with, but we're, we've got a bunch of stuff on the burner that we're going to, you know, see what we can do. We try to add a couple small things each year so we don't go too crazy and grow yeah. slow. That is really exciting to hear. Like, the, it's you. so creative. I love it. We, I really like I just keep saying, I we try to do something a little different. You know, yeah. there's, there's tons of autograph shows out there, and they're great. It's a formula that's worked for everybody. You know, if you want to meet celebrities and, you know, get all your stuff signed, and that's there's tons of places to do that. But we want to try to offer something a little different. Yes. Like the, for the HP Lovecraft thing, he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's working out. So clearly... Yeah. There are conventions that can do that and make it happen, and people. Really no, like I said, like I mean, I, I would highly recommend checking out Aresia. It happens at the uh, the Westin um, in January, and it's I mean, for the money you spend to get in there for your membership, I mean, they have like shadow puppet theater, like oh, teapot nice. races, just kilt blowing contests, you know, all sorts of fun stuff that that we it. really want to try to incorporate in. Cool. Very cool. I'm so happy for you guys. Yeah. Thanks. I'm excited to see you. Yeah. So monsterexpos.com coming up next weekend, Fairhaven Mass. Check it out. And it's uh, really cool to meet you and talk with you. Thanks for having me on. I really uh, yeah. hope to see you next weekend. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Guys, have right. a great night. You as well. Thank you. See ya. All right. So um, we're going to take a quick break. I've got uh, a previously heard on Without Your Head video clip here. And I picked this one because she is going to be at Monster Expos. Here's a little clip of Linnea Quigley, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about whatever. And, uh, maybe we'll take Have a good some night, uh, video calls. You, you too. too. Take care. Bye. So uh, hold on one. So let me. Uh, you can take off. I'm just uh, getting this ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm just posting some stuff down. <laughs> no worries. All right, here we go. I never knew what a trucker bomb was until I did that movie or not that video. <laughs> Um, you told me what that was we were talking about that video i was like oh wow <laughs> i know i'm still not aware I mean, i'm the naive one here i guess what brandon is a trucker can bomb? tell you all right brandon what is well, he's the expert in the trucker bomb apparently it's the pee in the jar thing isn't it oh okay. i've never heard of it <laughs> i thought it was something you were looking up on oh, pounder.com yeah, hmm? yeah. truckers do speed and then when they they urinate the the little whores drink it oh, oh man <laughs> this is definitely something found on pounder <laughs> and this is why linnea was in our film <laughs> it's all coming together she brings the knowledge this kind of knowledge exactly yep. this is linnea and you're listening to without your head which i've done in a lot of movies have a good day and stay scared all right. Well, thank you, Linnea. It was a very good, <laughs> some knowledge dropped there for everybody out there. There's a, a very, ho hopefully our first guests aren't still uh, listening. Right? We'll, we'll, like, we'll, you're going to have to provide like crop things so they can share this with the people they know and not. <laughs> I actually had another video uh, lined up that, that I thought was more fitting to their movie, but we went with Linnea quickly. Maybe we'll play that one a little later too. Oh, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing over there, Neil Jones? Yeah, so I'm doing good. So uh, let's see. There's a lot of stuff going on. Next weekend's mm -hmm. Monster Expo. Mm -hmm. This weekend, uh, Salem Horror Fest is happening. I believe it's happening yeah. right now. Yes. It's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big thing. It's pretty cool. It's uh, It's grown quite a lot. 
It's very intense. There's a lot of stuff. I will say that it is geared in a very liberal way. Like if you were to look up Salem Horror Fest, it boldly states that they created that festival after the election of 2016. Mm. And so they've really put a like a push about let's get this stuff out there about like expanding opportunities for different kinds of creators lgbt plus and bringing in people who are diverse and sharing that so if that is your way you lean it's really uh it's it's pretty impressive and linnea will be at that as well oh really wow she, she must, must be down here for a couple weeks yeah. yeah yeah she's living it up here but, but linnea is great she because she does the uh come out here quite often yeah i would say that um thinking about here these two different conventions is that they are different creatures mm -hmm. um that the one that joe's doing i love it because it does have that community vibe it is about creators it is about developing a community the horror is just different they're two different things i wouldn't say one is better than the other they're just two different things so i highly recommend people check out both if you can, and you just go to whatever draws you. Fairhaven is very cool. I really enjoyed it when we went together. Highly recommend that, that video game, please. Yes, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, play video. Yes. So cool. I hope, uh, I, I'm hearing about what's going to happen for Monster Expo uh, in October. That sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that that'll be sweet. I know there's a lot of things happening in October, but I hope we can make it. That'll be uh, mm -hmm. sounds like a good time. And happenstance being part of it, so yeah. I, I love that. And I love happenstance. Even before I had a movie in it, it was. Mm -hmm. But it honestly does have a special uh, meaning now because not only did the movie play there, but uh, we reconnected. So it's true. I couldn't. It's very special. Neil and I were on the outs for whatever. There's crap that went down in my life. My father passed away. That didn't help. There's just a lot of things going on. So we like separated for a bit. And uh, then there I was with uh, my significant other just to be at the Happenstance Horror Film Festival. And there's that Neil Jones is there. And we Neil legit, Jones. it seemed like we were avoiding each other. And then we ran into each other, like, uh, I know. like going in like, and out of the door. Neil Jones. Well, I sought you out. So I, we stayed, like me and him stayed through the whole everything, the awards. It was like the nitty gritty end of the night because I felt I wanted to approach you and let you know that that was really good. I specifically wanted to let you know that it was really funny because it was, I was literally like grumble, grumble. And then I was like, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am very proud for people out there who have not seen Umbilicus Desidero. Uh, I'm a fan of it. And it will be an episode on an upcoming uh Severed Limbs TV. Does it fit into horror? Maybe not, but I don't care. I make the rules here. So it'll be one of the episodes. <laughs> the horror, it's like, a, what is horror, Neil? Exactly. Yeah, it was an emotional horror for you. Right. And there will be a trailer for... Uh, it was going to... I was going to be cool and have 13 episodes, but it's expanded. It's probably going to be 15 episodes. And then it's going to have... The season finale will be a feature film of severed limbs tv so severed limbs tv for people who aren't around so neil has the empire of without your head and he's done a whole bunch of different things with that and part of it is the um 
independent film festival, online film festival, totally free and always to submit, to attend, free. And it's coming up. The deadline's coming up in, a, in a, uh, about 10 days, I think. So. so submit your shorts that aren't long. Great, great. And, we, and uh, news, we do have the return of festival favorite, a man who created films for specifically for Severed Limbs, and then he's been off for a while, but he's back. Nicholas Hatch is making his return to Severed Limbs. Hey. I wonder if he's still on. He was here earlier. Nicholas Hatch. Dude is weird, and he's fantastic, and the stuff he makes is so adorably bizarre. <laughs> I love it. The stuff he's made is so cool. And I've agreed. There, uh, here's another little spoiler for uh, for the for one of the episodes. Will be uh, Severed Limbs TV from the mind of Nicholas Hatch. So. Stop! <gasps> wow. So each episode, so there's the festival. Then Severed Limbs TV. So uh, the only criteria was well, that doesn't matter. It's gonna be stuff that previously is played at Severed Limbs, but they'll be uh, uploaded to the Without Your Head YouTube permanently. And they will be booked by myself hosting. So there's also going to be a little more to it. So I'm going to be the host of these. I'll do the intro. And then afterwards, there's going to be short interview that will be kind of like clips with the with the uh, creators of the film. Very cool. And that will be each episode will be one one short. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the intro, the, the, the short film, and then uh, some uh, Q&A with, uh, with the filmmaker. And then the season finale is going to be a feature film, which will be broken up into segments where I'll come in with the uh, with the director in part. Will these be released weekly? Yeah, that is the plan. The first one, and then uh, either weekly or biweekly. But I, I would I would like to have them weekly. Very very good. It's very exciting. I'm excited yeah. to see the mind of Nicholas Hatch films. He is great, guys. He is yes. like this amazing eccentric creator, and I I hope he sticks with it because I love the stuff he makes. It's and amazing. this will be fun uh, because it to me it really represents severed limbs. So there's some very um, professionally made shorts that will be included. There'll be some from very experienced filmmakers that are uh, well known in the uh, in the festival world, and then there's stuff from. Uh, for people who are just starting out that may have cost, you know, basically nothing to make. So I like that. I like that it, it, it shows different levels of creativity and um, to make something and for people to see it, you don't have to have uh, have a lot of experience. You always have to start somewhere. So it, that, that part of that's fun to me. Just have um, some kind of like cool, cool story. Right. Or sometimes maybe it's not even a cool story. It's just... Yeah, something yeah. visual, whatever, as long as it's creative and it's fun, mm -hmm. it's, uh, mm -hmm. or or whatever. Maybe not even fun. I don't know. Maybe it makes you feel bad, but it, it'll be it'll be cool to do. Maybe go home crying. Exactly. Uh, also under this umbrella, as you're talking about without your head, is dinner and a movie. And the new episode, uh, it's just about finished. So depending what's going on this weekend, um, I don't know if we're going anywhere, and if not, I might I might go to the movies tomorrow. <laughs> myself so we'll see but anyway uh sever uh the new dinner and movie will be up this weekend some point so either friday saturday or sunday and um it's it's a cool episode we reviewed renfield mm. the pope's exorcist and nefarious and what did we think of these movies because i think actually i put out a little teaser about 
about it, and someone mm. did respond to that. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, Mr. Slarty Burfast, I believe. Yes. I hope Slarty's out there. Hi, Slarty, if you're there. Yeah, so I don't think it spoils, uh, you know, as long as we don't give the details. But um, so we both uh, were favorable to uh, Renfield. I think I gave it a 4.5. And I, I think I gave it a 4. Yes. Uh, the out Pope's, of 5. Out of 5, right. Pope's Exorcist, neither of us were big fans of. I believe we both gave it a 2. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think that was generous, to be honest. <laughs> it was not good. And nefarious, we talked about here, but uh, and we showed a little clip, and uh, we were both uh, into that. The, I will be honest; the ending took a little bit away from it for me, but overall, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I agree. But we'll see what happens because that ending is going to lead into possible sequel, and it'll be interesting to see. Because I'm with you, I feel like it, I was taken a little bit out of it with that ending few minutes, but where was it going to lead? Like, what, what will that transform? Yeah, maybe you needed it to uh, continue the story. I don't know. I liked it. And uh, talking to them was cool. And uh, they talked, that made me feel good that they were like, uh, when they got the email and I, and I I was, you know, clear about everything. And uh, so they liked that, which I appreciate. And I also appreciate them then coming on because maybe they'd be like, well, I don't want to talk to these guys either, but no, they were cool. And Mm -hmm. I think that's important, not just for this show or anything, but, in the world, I mean, we are very split, uh, and this is no surprise to anybody out there. It's very uh, the, uh, us versus them, and I I understand it to a point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if someone has says is if someone's views are like it's not like oh we we should, no matter what their opinion it doesn't matter. I mean that's kind of silly too. Uh, if someone's opinion is so against anything you could stand for, then how could you be like friends with them? But um, it shouldn't be so cut and dry, I think, where if uh, kind of like what Sean Patrick uh, Flannery said, like when I see people post that, too, and I usually roll my eyes, like if you this, you unfriend me right away. And usually it's like, come on, like uh, there should be some more nuance there. I think sometimes with that, people do it to see who's going to actually react Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's a joke if it's yeah. like, hey, if you like black coffee, unfriend me now or something. But uh, pineapple on pizza. Right. And I guess I'll have to leave. So, I think they brought up a really good point. Um, the idea of mercy. And I think that looking at that in terms of, OK, so if you've got your friendships and you maybe don't jive on the same thing and trying to come from a place where mercy is not quite the word, but, but it's the same, um, the same coming from the same place. The idea of knowing someone is not on the same page as you and trying to understand, like, why are they like that? And are they really, is there ill intent? Like are people saying whatever they're saying because they're mean and want to do damage or are they just coming from, the history of their background, and they're just doing the best they can. And our, our friend here, Vic Schiavone, uh, says, I love uh, the idea of Severed Limbs TV. And um, Vic, did you see the beginning of this whole thing? Because I think you would totally love our first interview experience. I thought I thought about Vic during that, so mm-hmm. I'm sure you did as well. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Uh, yeah, I hope uh, people like that. Yeah. I was thinking that you mentioned uh, during the show, thinking of the idea of would any of our people in our normal horror world 
be like, the hell with that, and get mad because we were giving time to people whose beliefs are really different from a lot of the people that we normally circulate around. So it's another one of those things is the shades of gray rather than things being black and white of off and on, you're either with us or against us. And that's a tough, that's a tough line because things are really polarized right now. Yeah. Um, to take it to a totally goofy side, I just want to let everyone to know that uh, the new um, the new 8-bit Dracula shirt has been accepted to Amazon. So you can get it on Amazon Prime, free shipping. Just look up Slasherman. And uh, it's very cool. I have one coming. So I'll be wearing it on a future show. I'm very, I really like this one. Came Those 8-bit graphics are so amazing. Do you think you could do one with Nicolas Cage's Dracula? I, uh, I think the reason this took this took forever to get okayed by uh, by Amazon, and I think it's because anything with Dracula right now, they're like, we got to make sure this is not Nicolas Cage related. But maybe you have another site that goes a little under the radar, but Amazon's uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm just thinking, could you approach the people of Renfrew? Oh, interesting. interesting. Not the people of Amazon, but right. get the, uh, what do you call it? The authorized right yeah yeah that's yeah, interesting i do have a few things up there that are uh that are uh um uh, i mean i have a madman mars shirt up which i was super psyched about i saw people i don't know uh wearing wearing these shirts uh paul ellers was sharing the pictures I'm like oh, oh wow these uh, these dudes are wearing the the 8-bit uh mars shirts i was like wow and they look really sweet after a minute mm -hmm. i might have to get one for myself so that was very cool but um, so um, so individual people like that, I've got permission. And then there's uh, there's a couple movies. I have an Evil Dead one that I got permission for the Shaun original the Evil Dead. Dead, huh? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead and Evil Dead. It's pretty big. Yeah. That that's officially authorized gear of those entities. Yeah. Awesome. And, and I wonder very... what decision. Yeah, I don't know, cause but I also did one for Alfred Hitchcock that got denied, so I don't know. Hmm. Ramy's out there like yes. Ramy's like yeah, totally cool. The Alfred Hitchcock people like forget forget this guy. So, Can you make one of uh of uh, uh Will Shatner and submit <laughs> him and see what kind of response he gives? That would be pretty sweet. I For do think actually the Star Trek the Star Trek guys would be great, but I probably would never be able to sell them. But it would be cool, yeah. For those that don't know, Neil got a scathing. Yes, yeah, my favorite dripping. my favorite turn down ever. So. My advice when people ask me for advice, this doesn't happen too much anymore. It used to be people would just outright ask me for people's telephone numbers and stuff. And I would always say no. And also don't do this because they would offer to like trade numbers. And my advice is always like, this is a terrible thing to do because I don't, I don't want my number out and I'm a nobody. So if you're, if, you're... That if you were out there in the world and you wanted to do interviews with celebrities or whatever, if you know someone who has access to those people, you can't expect them to just give it to you because no. that's not respectful of the trust. I've even had people who wanted someone involved in movies, and um, and I, you know, I was I would ask those people, and then you know, a lot of times they'd say, "Yeah, give them my contact information," but I would never just give someone's information out or trade information. It's crazy. And I always told those people it's a bad thing because you're going to have a bad reputation too. And these people aren't going to like you and, and want to do anything with you. If, if it's out there that you're just giving people's numbers and stuff out to people, it's not good. 
So I don't forget. Oh, my. Don't so my advice. So, so my <laughs> advice always is the worst someone's going to say is no. So ask ask whoever you want. Um, if you just start out, you probably not. You're going to get a lot of no's. But uh, so what? Who cares? So anyway, so I asked William Shatner one one night. It was the middle of the night. I sent out an email, and literally seconds after I sent out the email, I got a reply back. It's like, oh, cool. So I clicked on it. And it said, William Shatter only does major, and major was in capital letters, uh, media uh, outlets. And it, it was from, like, their age or whatever. But in my mind, it was just William Shatner. Like, as soon as he saw it, he was just offended. And he's like, it's like, what? And well, it sounds like a right very uh, Shatner-like It did. It did, yeah. Or... Yeah. So that was, it, was, it amused me. And, I, and mm -hmm. I'll always remember it. I'll always remember it. Yeah. So What's going uh, on out there? Yeah, Kansas Bowling, uh, yeah. who I made a film with, um, she her new trailer uh, just uh, dropped today, I think, or maybe it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, Cuddly Toys. So uh, check that out. I I would have I would play it on here, but I'm not sure if she wants me to play it on here. I'll find out by next week. But uh, check out Kansas Bowling Cuddly Toys tra trailer. Mm -hmm. It's um some people. It's a it's a controversial film. Because there's a lot of it's sort of a instead of a slasher, it's, it's about uh it's, there's a lot of rape involved in the movie. And the toy one. Yeah, cuddly toys. Oh wow! Ooh. Filmed yeah. in sixty millimeter. I believe she makes all her movies in sixty millimeter. Is it meant to be a comedy? I believe it's a dark comedy. Is what it says. Cuddly toys. Hmm. Um, I was re really excited to see a gnomes. Um, who was one of my favorite shorts I've ever I've seen ever honestly, but we saw this short in, in Nightmares in Ohio, and and then when I was watching, I was like, oh shit, it's Richard uh, Raphorst who made um, Frankenstein's Army. Ah, so uh, he was really cool and so, had him on. So cool. And so I messaged him. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then he's like, yeah, I'm trying to get the feature made. And I was like, oh, it's cool. And then I saw uh, it, it was uh, on the news, you know, on the news sites that it's uh, right now it's in the works. Gnomes, oh, nice. the, the feature, he's making it. Very cool. It's it, amazing effects. A lot of it's kind of like the 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 Red Band movie we saw. Not Red Band, the the Red Hat Red Cap movie. Yeah, yeah. But like all that, just like lots of little tiny movies killing people. It. I am. Sounds good to me. So if you get a chance, I don't know if the if the shorts available anywhere, but if you get a chance to see it, it's great. I know you'll you'll love it. It's really sounds awesome. It's just gnomes killing people. I'm all right with that. And I will watch ninety minutes of it. Do you remember Treevenge, the Christmas short? Yeah, oh yes, yes. Is that that seems to me to have a similar vibe? Just total madness of foolish monsters and yes, very yeah, and it's all practical, so it's very. Mm -hmm. cool. So um, you were um, so I don't. You said you probably won't be able to go to the movies this weekend. I, it's remains to be seen. Unfortunately, I know it's like tomorrow is Friday, but I have to uh, check out. Yeah, it's I'm all right. If, if I mean, I don't mind seeing stuff twice anyway, if, if it works it's out. True. But so um, Evil Dead uh, Rise comes out. Yeah, I do want to see it for sure. And the new uh, Ari Esther movie is out, which I haven't really oh, heard much yeah. about. Where's the where? I remember seeing something of the name but then i have no idea yeah i think he actually was it was um recently a few weeks ago he was showing midsummer somewhere 
what he billed this show in Midsummer, and then he re- he surprised people and just showed his new movie. <laughs> Bo is afraid. Ah, oh, uh, following this, following the sudden death of his mother, a mild mannered but Zayn confronts his darkest fears. He embarks on a Kafka esque odyssey back home. Interesting with Joaquin Phoenix. It's got Joaquin Phoenix. So. Yes. That's already a And Nathan, Nathan Lane. Lane. There's a lot of people in this. Yeah. Parker Posey. I haven't seen her in anything for a long time. Richard Kind. I'm a big fan of actually. Bill Hader. Uh Barry's oh. one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Former guest, Julian uh Richard uh Richings is on it in it, so that's very cool. I love it. Yeah, so I'd be oh, excited yeah. to see both those. Yeah, that's fat Yeah. Interesting. I really don't know much about it, and it would probably be best to stay away from anything and just go in and just go see, see what the hell's going on. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh that's always very exciting. Mm. So both those are uh, coming this uh, weekend. So there's a lot of I know it says it's like a dra- horror drama yeah. comedy, but there's a lot of horror stuff out there playing. It really is. We saw three movies last weekend. Um, and I, we didn't even, I, I didn't know about, um, nefarious until the last minute, really. Yeah. I didn't know either. I'm glad, I'm really glad we went to see it. Yeah. It was excellent. And the interview was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of horror just seems to be like jumping out. So I, uh, so when we were watching Renfield, I noticed a lot of former guests in, in, on, from without your head were in the movie, which was very cool. Uh, Jenna Canal. Um, from the original Terrifier, the main girl in the original Terrifier. Oh, really? Pretty big. Which she's pretty. She from? was the uh, short-haired girl in the meetings who get always gets oh, interrupted. Gets interrupted. Yeah, she looks really different because she, you know, changed her look yeah. quite a bit with the short hair. And so I, I know I knew she was in it because I saw her post about it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know. Like I thought maybe you know maybe it's the. But she's actually a pretty big character in the movie, so it was really exciting for her. I thought she was very funny. She was, yeah. I yeah. messaged her and told, and she was very happy that, that I said we both really liked her. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and she's <laughs> apparently uh, friends with the people who run, um, um, Renegades. She's from that area. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. She went to uh, she went great to see a movie with with them. Like, um, so right. I guess a lot of times she's at Renegades, but love it yeah so um so that's cool and um caroline williams from um texas chainsaw massacre 2 had she was uh she was like the um the lawyer that's getting um getting lo- the lobo guy off what yeah, it's very small it's a fairly small thing but but it's and there it was very I cool do not rem- i'm i don't remember that yeah but that's interesting and uh, oh, how long so, was she there just briefly? Yeah, pre- yeah, it's only one scene. So it made me think. I think the the guys, uh, the guy made's probably a horror fan because William Ragsdale has a very small scene from uh, from Fright Night. That's really cool to get people in there. That like a lo- it's like a loyalty to the horror genre itself. Which yeah, is I agree. Really, that's really cool. And uh, Miles Doliak, who uh, I've had on the show a couple. I don't think you've ever. No, I know you haven't been on uh, since when he was on because i think it was both times it was just my, me and um 
So he's in stuff once in a while, like some kind of big stuff, and then he makes his own movie. He's a really cool guy. And I didn't know he was in it at all, and he's basically the Van Helsing character at the beginning of the movie. And I was like, oh, shit, I know that guy. And so I started messaging him. And anyway, long story short, he's very excited to come back on the show and talk about Renfield awesome. and uh, and stuff that he's doing himself. So Super cool. Possibly next week that'll be possibly on the show. Possibly next week. Oh, I like it. So that would be awesome. Yeah. It was such a fun movie. So it fun. Is. Yeah. And I was very, I mean, you can learn more in the dinner and a movie episode to be, to be out soon. Um, but it really was, it was a very, very fun movie. I, I wasn't sure I would like it at all. I was thinking maybe Nicolas Cage would rescue it from the trailers I was seeing, but I ended up really, really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Annabella Rich will be on the show soon too, but I'm not sure. I doubt she can do that live because I think it's like midnight when we start the show live. So oh. um, that one may have to be recorded. Um, yeah, I am definitely will not be around on that. Yeah. So right, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean if, Oh yeah, she's her time. She's yeah, at, what time yeah. would it be at yeah. What time if we went on at midnight, what time would it be for her? Five AM. So yeah, we'll have to we'll figure it out. We'll figure yes. it out. And if for some reason you can't be there, you know, but uh, I think you would like her. She's very cool. Very cool. And she's been in a lot of uh, recent stuff. Uh, she's in all the, um, the trash arts people stuff. Oh, nice. And she's in uh, eating Miss Campbell, um, mm -hmm. which uh, I'm looking forward to watching. I saw uh, Frost from Devani Penn. It was so good. And really? you can find it anywhere. So I thought from hearing about it, uh, this movie, so our guest, she was just on last week, right? Yeah, she, yeah. She was the first guest of the night, mm -hmm. and she has, like, just this, she's just epic, amazing, impressive woman. Um, and she'd done a film not very long ago, has Vernon Wells. I, I love Vernon Wells. You took a sip, but yeah, yeah, Vernon Wells is in it, and it was interesting because, uh, when we interviewed him way back, he had uh, like a wolf refuge and there was a wolf in the movie. Um, it's uh, it was a great movie. Another that's basically like a two person movie with Devani being uh, she was pregnant at the time when she made the movie. So the, the basic story is she's pregnant, like very pregnant, like right there. And she has decided to go and visit the father she's estranged from who's kind of like in the middle of nowhere like a dude that's kind of living off the wilderness and he's selling furs to people and is like a trader basically and she goes to visit him and they kind of have like a interaction but he ends up being really nice to her and then they end up going they're gonna go and spend some time together in the wilderness and this is all out there car slides off the road into the woods she's trapped he goes for help doesn't really go very well for them amazingly good and based on a true story there was not as much wolf in it as i expected there's mm -hmm. other stuff that goes on that is very intense and controversial and uh, I highly recommend Frost. It was very, very, very entertaining. She was very impressive because she really carried the movie basically by herself for the most part. So check it out, Frost. 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. Very cool. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'll be on back on the show every once in a while because uh, I really, we both really enjoy talking with her. She and she's her. very busy and all kind as long, as oh, yeah. until she gets too big to talk to us or something. I, guess. I mean, she does a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol Locatell. This is sad news. Uh, Ethel from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Yeah. She uh, passed away. Oh. It was very sad. Uh, I just had Ron Sloan on the show, um, who played Junior, um, mm-hmm. her her son in the movie. And at that time, we didn't mention at the time, but um, they were both going to be on. But she she oh. was sick, and um, I did I didn't realize how she had cancer, yeah. and, you know, thing. And oh, wow. So she eventually here passed away. But um, so I saw you know Ron and Melanie Kinnaman because they were they were both in uh, the movie with her, and everyone said she was just super nice and and fun and uh, ron and her anytime they were at conventions they would dress up as as their characters from the oh, movie so cool. yeah just uh they really had a good time and so mm-hmm. everyone will miss her i've never got to uh to meet her unfortunately yeah well, that's too bad well it sounds like she had a lot of fun and uh hopefully had a really excellent life yeah so, like she did some cool cool things yeah you know, yeah, Ron talked uh, really highly about her on the show. Really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check that out. He, and Ron will be in the, which I had to get this edited together because we're we're uh, getting off in the end of the fourth. But uh, soon there will be the the awards. Next year I'll get them out quicker. But this is my first time getting together. So there's a oh, lot of moving parts. But the Without Your Head Awards will be up here. Without Your Head Awards for what? For the best in horror of 2022. I'd rather have them good and be out a little later than than rush them together. So. Mm-hmm. But a lot of cool people are involved. So. Very nice. It's it cool. is really cool. There's some expect acceptance speeches. Yes. And yes. they're uh, I've seen a couple and they're pretty phenomenal. Yes. Yes. And I'll let people know Ron is a presenter and he does an excellent job. Mm-hmm. He and he presents. Um, I picked him specifically for this one. I'm trying to get people that I think would fit the awards and. He gives out scene stealer because I, I do think he's uh, one of the he's one of the most memorable uh, I, you know, kind of a minor character in the Friday Thirteenth franchise, but he really sticks out. So I thought he was a good, <laughs> he kind of really is the my whole idea of that award because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of great characters in the movies that aren't the main villain or the main or the main lead. So yeah. I think they deserve their own award as well. I think that's very fair. Oh, that, Can that you hear nice. that train? It's so loud. I always I think, did, yeah. Yeah, it's so loud. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I saw you post something about uh about the Boogeyman, the movie coming out by uh Stephen King. Did I? Yeah. Oh that? yeah, it's supposed to be awesome. Supposedly it's supposed to be super scary and people are like passing out or whatever in the theater. Now is that uh I am not up to date on Stephen King. It's a really old story from the seventies. It's oh, a really? short story. So I tried to track it down on audiobook. So I found uh because it's from um it's from a collection of um short stories the, the same one that had um The Lawnmower Man yes. and um Quitters Inc. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of really cool ones. So I got so I got the audiobook from my library. By the way, throw it out there, Libby. Um, join your public library. You get the free app uh, Libby, and you can uh, listen to free audiobooks. You rent them out from, you borrow them from your library. And um, so it said they put it out. They must have put it out at the time when uh, Lawnmower Man came out. So it said 
Lawnmower Man and other stories from from uh, the book. I forget the name of the actual book. So I was like, well, Boogeyman's supposed to be on here. So cool. So anyway, long story short, listen to the whole thing. The Boogeyman was not on there. I cannot oh, wow. find the audio version of Boogeyman. So I cannot find I Maybe I'll just have to actually do old school reading with my eyeballs. They have to have, I mean, it's reading does imply eyeballs. They should have a word for listen because listening to books, you are still absorbing the book. Right. And I was happy to find out when I listened to uh, The Fireman by um, King's son. What's his name? Um, yeah. Jack Hill. Uh, Joe Hill. Joe Hill. And, yeah. and so he did the intro. Then he did a, an outro afterwards. And he talked about, he really put over audiobooks. And he said there are authors out there who look down on audiobooks, and he said you shouldn't because that is the the earliest form of storytelling is sitting around the fire telling the stories. And then he said uh, when he was a kid, his his dad, his mom, his mom and his dad, and him and his brother, who all actually are authors, mm -hmm. um, and they would sit around at the fireplace and each of them would take turns reading a book and that's how you know he cool. found his love of reading so i was happy to see someone really put over because i do get every once in a while I get uh people making fun of me listen to audiobooks so i was happy that he put them over yeah i don't know why i don't know i don't know if people think like it's you're not working hard enough for the story i don't know what the criticism is like, is that drawing versus using uh, like, like a tablet? Like, I, I don't know what the why anybody would care to criticize people that listen to audiobooks. You're still, I mean, you're still listening to the story. You still have to imagine whatever's happening. You've got. I actually think it's it's a disadvantage for me personally to listen to audiobooks because, um, for me, because if someone's voice is like there's certain kinds of voices that I just zone that, out. No, that can happen. I, um, yeah. honestly, the, uh, I listened to, um, a book that Stephen King read mm -hmm. and he's got a very nice voice. Like he's like, he seems friendly, but it's not a good voice to listen to him read a book. I, that one took me forever because I had to keep going back chapters. Cause I'd find myself like, you just listen to him and kind of zone out and like, yeah. He just like he's kind of comforting, but at the same time, yeah. you wouldn't pay attention to what's happening. And Good so attention. that one was a very difficult read. That was needful things, actually. Oh, and so he I'm read that one because it, it it actually was very personal to him because it was the end of his um the um, oh, Castle the, Rock uh, novels, the Randall Flag books. The Castle Rocks, all the ones that took place at Castle Rock. Then they, they all, everyone, like all those characters make appearances, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking around at some. The more you read King, by the way, I don't want to interrupt you, sorry, but there, it is neat that they, they sh there's a shared universe and a lot of the characters will pop up. Yes. And uh, Randall Flagg actually pops up in different forms. And sometimes you don't know if it really is him or not, but he's a, he's like represents evil. So that's very cool. And then Joe Hill books actually will reference King uh, stuff. And then some of the later King stuff actually references stuff from the Joe Hill books. That's so cool. it's very cool. It's like, oh, the father and son share, share uh, uh, the same universe. The universe. Yeah. It's very Nosferatu cool. is referenced in, uh, which is a Joe Hill book, was referenced in, uh, in Dr. Sleep. 
mm. which is uh, the sequel to The Shining. So I was like, well, it's really, uh, really cool. Mm. Very interesting. Doctor, Sle- I know some people have argued with me, but uh, the the Doctor Sleep novel far superior to the film. But I tried watching the film, and I just thought it was. I'm not a fan. I did I, not enjoy it, I, and I, I hadn't read the book, so it's not. Yeah, I, did, I hadn't read the book when I first saw yeah. the movie. It's um, I think it's a mis- it was a mistake to do it both as a movie version of the novel and a sequel to The Shining because The Shining movie is so different than the novel. So oh, I don't really yeah. know how you combine the two. And um, there's so many like um, hey, do you remember this ghost? Hey, do you remember like yeah, I remember that scene from The Shining. <laughs> I think they show the no the part of the reason that woman's so creepy in in the room who comes out of the bathtub because you see her twice. Yeah. And you don't yeah, exactly. This you see her like twenty times and I was like, Okay, yeah, it's not that creepy you know, anymore. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yep, I remember the blood coming out of the elevator. I remember the twins. I remember everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing the original Terrifier is going to play in yes. theaters. Not many. Yeah. So 700 theaters. I uh, I wonder if that's across the country or around the world, but hopefully. I wonder how that's going to go. It's such a very different movie. Very, very. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I, I'm excited, though. Yeah, um, I liked it. Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of it, honestly. So I never saw it in the theater. So I, I and I'm excited anytime a movie gets a re-release at the theater, yeah. even if it's maybe a movie I don't care about, but I actually like that movie. It, I think it, it's uh, beneficial to to um, independent uh, filmmakers out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of scenes near the end. Like, there's a lot of real graphic violence, but then near the end, some stuff happens. Oh yeah, like, what? what is happening like i don't even understand i don't understand what's going on but i enjoyed it like sometimes you have crazy whack stuff happen in movies and it doesn't make sense and it feels so out of place and you're like why is this here annoyed but this is why is this here wow (laughs) yeah it's very cool really weird so i told to people yeah I told some people probably not tonight because we're getting a little late, but we're going to start opening uh, the videos so people can video in. So, like, you basically oh. can call in the show, ask us a question, bring up a topic, and it'll be fun times. Mm-hmm. And I know Mr. Nicholas Hatch, actually, I uh, talked to him about he's – he. I said you don't have to, but he. this was his idea. I didn't talk to him. Else. He's making a little part in his house where he can video in and have a background cool. so he can uh, feel comfortable. I was like, all right, awesome. you, you don't have to, but it was his idea. So. That's really cool. I agree. So I do want to play this too. I forgot to play it last week. And this is um, the trailer for Dark Signals from Justin Bernard Head, who is, uh, he always does the, um, he comes on and does a list with us. He's a very cool guy. Mm-hmm. Does he so, only do lists? What? Does he only do lists? He could come on, but yeah, he usually just comes on our list show. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't think you've met him before. He's very fun, very oh, nice guy, and it, we'll do a list show at some point here, and it'll be fun. So uh, here's Dark Signals, um, which is the trailer for his new project.
That sound was really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, the one at the end. Yes, it was. I was disturbed. So good job on picking just the right pitch for that because it was really like, I didn't like it. it Maybe kind of scared. I'm yeah, being honest. Right. I'm not just saying it to make him feel good. Like, I don't <laughs> yes. give me the heebie jeebies. Mm -hmm. And uh, Justin will act also be part of uh, Severed Limbs TV. The, the working plan is that will be episode one. We'll be uh, the Queen of the Dead with uh, Trista Robinson. So cool. That'll be fun. Oh, I remember that, I believe. Yes. It was a black and white. Yeah. Yes, it was very cool. Very yeah. good. So that'll be a good time. So lots of stuff going on. If you're in the Boston area, Salem Horror Festival going on right now. Mm -hmm. And the next week, Monster Expo. Mm -hmm. That'll be a good time. And if you're not in this area, if you get here, and if not, check out wherever you are. There might be something cool going on in your area. And just like you brought Terrifier coming back to theater, these cool things of movies like Nefarious, which we really love, um, if 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 they're going to keep doing stuff like that, you got to go out there and see them. So uh, go out there when there's a cool horror movie you're interested in. Go out there and see it at the theater, support it, and then they're going to start doing more of them, which mm -hmm. has been happening this last couple of years, and that's an exciting mm -hmm. thing uh, for both of us and should be yeah. for you guys out there who are also horror fans. So I really think, I mean, maybe there was something before that that pushed that out, but Terrifier too. Maybe. I really think that was the I mean, big, yeah. Everything. It just changed the game for independent horror films. It's wonderful. Wonderful for everybody. Yeah. Those everybody guys wins just... from that, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it really opened up um this last year a lot of stuff um that probably wouldn't have got a, a theatrical release anyway you know mm -hmm. they did uh the winnie the pooh blood and honey movie probably wouldn't have got it um what was the weird uh grinch horror movie that probably wouldn't you know it was a lot of stuff what was it it was just you didn't see it oh my god i don't think so uh, the mean one the mean one i don't think so no Oh, no, I did not see that. It was a Grinch horror movie? Yeah, starring um, the man who plays Art the Clown. Oh, no way, really? Oh, my God, he's, he's great in it. I can only imagine David Howard Thornton, who unfriended mm -hmm. me on Facebook. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what that is. Well, that's unfortunate. He's always very uh, a good, uh, always uh, supportive of everything on the show. So yeah, I don't know what I did, but... But yeah, here he. Oh, wow. uh, I still support him. He's an amazing actor. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that. <laughs> mm hmm. It's kind of like the Jim Carrey version. Yes. Yes. Very. Much. But plus. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, they never, they never mentioned because I, they can't mention a Grinch apparently because I interviewed the director, so they had to work around around this one. But yeah. So how did they? So no one knew. How can you work around that? They got it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe just avoided uh, any anyone from the Grinch people seeing it. I don't know, but they don't say Grinch. But there's it's there's a lot of clever stuff in it, and I really like the ending. I don't want to spoil it, but the ending is very clever, Mm. and uh, it goes back to the original uh, Grinch. Mm. Do they have who's? Was that sorry? Do they have who's? No, who's in Whoville? Do they have an? They have Whoville. Yeah. They have Whoville. Well, they have Whoville, but they call it, they call it, they call it, it's another name. It's almost Whoville. And there's lots of little uh, inside references, like this isn't, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. They they almost always they almost they almost go to the say Grinch a bunch of times, but never quite. That's really funny. Yeah, there was a lot of fun uh, Christmas horror movies this year. Those that, that mean one was fun. Uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas, I really liked. I think people should check that out. Oh. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. It might still be in Shudder. I'm not sure. It's a lot of good content out there. There's people that say that there's nothing good new, but I don't know what kind of hole you're living in because you might not like all the things that come out that are new. I mean, I don't like everything, but there's a lot of great stuff out there. A lot of great stuff. Did you see anything about this Malum movie? Which one, sir? Looks cool. M-A-L-U-M. Malum. Yeah, I saw that it came out and it looks amazing, but couldn't see it playing anywhere near us. Uh, I don't know if I can just look it up. M-A-L-U-M. And it looks like crazy. Oh, apparently it's a maybe. I don't know, but Malum looks awesome. So I don't know. Do we even have anybody in the chat? I guess if we don't have it in Boston, it's going to be really hard to find probably a lot of other places. Maybe it's like an L.A. release or something. How do you spell it again? M A L M A L U M. Did not get the best rating, but yeah, but that oh, I'll be honest, it doesn't always. Uh, oh wow, the, just the poster art's very cool. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know if that's going to come around. Where it's going to be? What's that? Yeah, interesting. Looks cool. It looks crazy. All the stuff in it what? looks like wild. Can you not hear me? Am I gone? Did I disappear? Yeah, I hear you now. No. Okay. I think my mine end actually froze a little bit, I think here. Oh. I went to IMDB to look it up. Uh, I think because they started playing all these videos on here. I uh, it's cool, but I wish sites wouldn't all I, I don't really like these websites where stuff just starts playing. Uh, a rookie police officer willingly takes the last shift at last shift last shift at a newly decommissioned police station in an attempt to uncover the mysterious connection between her father's death and a vicious cult. Yeah, it looks wild. Right? With some weird mask flesh things. Looks rad. Oh yes. well, yeah. So no Alan feed the demon. And I like it. So what else is going on in the world before? Malum. Who knows? But yeah. But Evil Dead, Rise of Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise. I have not watched a trailer for it. I really like uh, the whole idea of not watching a trailer. 
I, I, that's a big thing that I like about uh, festivals mm -hmm. is you, you go know. in uh, a lot of times not really knowing much about the movie at all. And um, the, uh, the trailers give so much away. But I have seen the trailer because they played a lot at the movies when I go to the movies. And I think it looks awesome. So I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have to see what happens this weekend. Yes. So the thing that combines my two worlds here, uh, mm -hmm. The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, one of the guests coming up this Friday is Dan Hausen, uh, yes. AEW's uh, professional wrestler, Dan Hausen, the very, very nice, very evil man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was wearing my Dan Hausen shirt the other day. And usually if I wear a modern wrestling shirt, no one says anything to let you know. But every I had so many compliments on wearing my Danhausen shirt. I was like, "This is really cool because he's just this weird. He's a small dude, and a weird guy, and he's really uh, made a name for himself." I was like, "Good for him. He is, yeah, cool." Yeah, Danhausen's cool. great. Well, we're gonna have to do. We were Neil and I were talking about how like we used to do after shows all the time. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. There's Dan Housen here, nice. which I did not know this till recently. Someone told me this uh, this week, actually, on my wrestling show. He he made his face paint off this character. Oh, yeah. that's a cool inspiration to have. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's currently hurt, so we wish uh, Dan Housen well. Oh. hurt like how bad? I think he tore his uh, he tore his bicep or his pec or something. Not a good time. No. But we're going to do um, more after talky stuff. And back yeah. in the olden days, we used to, well, we used to drink a lot. So that really shaped conversations a lot of times. Well, I think but, we did good tonight, though. I thought we talked about Yeah, I think so, too. And I think Neil maybe did mention earlier that we're going to try. Yeah, you were saying that people are going to be able to come on the show, like you guys in the audience. Yeah. We'll have the opportunity to, like, we used to, in the olden days, there was no video stuff. So people would call on the show. We'd chit-chat, have conversations, topics. It'll be fun. And Good. Troy will be back on the show soon. He was okay. actually going to be on tonight. But um, I believe he had to pick up his car. Ah. Oh, that does remind me. I want to... Um, a lot of people, and I really uh, thank them, um, helped uh, pay for the... Uh, so we got the... Uh, the um host renewed so you keep all the archives up i mean i was gonna do it anyway but it's nice that people helped out so um let's see racafet abergale mm -hmm. james lamont local filmmaker from it came from the 508 thank you guys john brown thank you john brown aaron uh, baracus who who uh who edited um the once in future smash oh cool thank you joan need bala the, uh, oh, Joe, that's Diablo Joe, exactly. reviewer for Without Your Head. Very bright, has uh, passed in the film industry. Cool dude, Diablo yes. Joe. Uh, Colleen, I believe she does not want me to say her last name. So Colleen, Colleen. who, uh, who we, we met at the last um, last Seven Limbs. She became part of the Without oh, Your Head. Okay, community. I thought you meant we met. And I'm like, no, we not, I, I like no, her, but I don't think we No, we never <laughs> met. Okay. I, I met you She's online. Cool. She's very cool uh bruce briscoe double b from bruce canada briscoe, but thank you travis sandow travis 
Thank you. Brian Matthew Clutter, who I'm actually the godfather of his son. He asked me and I was like, okay, let's Interesting. See. Was yeah. that from someone you knew from a long time ago? Just just on the internet. So really? Yeah. So all right. So earlier Sean was saying he's the godfather to someone because they wanted to make sure if they died, Sean would be like the taking over parent. So yeah, I didn't know there was, I didn't really, I just thought it was like a name, but then I, I found out like there is like stuff involved. So yeah, hopefully the clutters live a long, healthy life. So they'll never be. My, my buddy here. It's not just because nasty Neil doesn't want to take care right, of it. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> now uh, I say his name in a very particular way, and that is Jonathan Jackson. Big fan of Jonathan Jackson. Who's that? Jonathan Jackson. He's a good man. Where? How would I know him? Do I know uh, him? Well, he's he uh, he video is into in your head a lot, and he's part of uh, both in your head and without your head. He wears a backwards Bob shirt. He's a good dude. I like this guy. Thanks, man. He, he also wears a lot of uh, slasher man stuff. He's he's just a, he's just a good guy. I think you like him. Uh, Vic Schiavone. Thanks, dude. Tony TGD, who I believe he runs like a, a pretty uh, popular um, gaming uh, video. Oh, cool. Podcast. Thank you. Uh, Bruce Kirksena, who's a, a new, well, I think he's been around a long time, but he just uh, he just got on social media. I think he was uh -huh. uh, hiding in the shadows for a long time, but he's a cool Bruce. guy. Brian Ray, who's actually works with my brother, so that's very cool. Uh oh, thanks, Brian. Um, actress Sherry Davis. We've oh, never had on the oh, show. I know this person. I didn't even realize they have a very excellent Facebook profile. They do, yes. They're very, very uh, snark, and I appreciate it. Yeah, we should get her on sometime because uh, she's she's yeah, around a lot cool. and uh, supporting the show. Not just because she's supporting the show, but it'd be fun to uh, talk to her. Yeah, she's cool. And I think cool. she has a pretty big movie coming up. So. Uh, William Slagle, who is uh, the co-writer of uh, Devani Pin's uh, new film. Oh, thank you, William. Hill Burton, who I'm not really familiar with. but Hill uh, Burton? I think, yeah, Hill Burton. I know uh, James Burton and Kira Burton. I wonder if there's a... I mean, yeah. Burton is not like the least common name in the world, but... A man who I've not heard from for years... That we both were uh, friends with, and then all of a sudden he popped up this week. He's he videoed into my wrestling show Tuesday in your head, and so he's back, and that is Dustin Nance. Oh no way! Hey Dustin. So I I'm gonna get Dustin to, to video into here. It was a awesome. great time. Uh, he was awesome. on the in your head this week. First time I'd ever talked to, talked to him on video, so That's it was very fun. Cool. But uh, yeah, he's been gone for years. Apparently wow. he's he's left social media. Sometimes it has to happen. Social yeah. media can be a, a real toxic place or an amazing place. You just got to curate your social media yeah. very carefully. He was he was eating and he had food in his beard. He was it was total madness, but it was very very fun, very fun. And uh, also a good friend of mine, Mike Bessler. So uh, he's a good guy. Mike, Mike Bessler, who was um, a writer for uh, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Ah. Very cool. Yes, he's a good man. So thank all of you guys. And, oh, I want to mention this too. So uh, people who donated, uh, I'm going to send all of you 
We've got a bunch of these. You're going to get uh for a thank you. You're not buying these, but I didn't, you know, you're going to get a without your head sticker. We've got a bunch of without your head stickers here. Uh, the former logo. It's very cool. There's red ones. There's green ones. And also, um, I'm going to send you some random, some random horror stickers. So if you if you donate a ten bucks or more, you're going to get a. Uh, if you donate five bucks or more, you'll get a without your head. Ten bucks or more, you're going to get a without your head sticker. And uh, some. Uh, I'm just going to grab a few of these random uh, horror stickers. I I got a whole bunch of them. There's like I'll just show a couple to see what nice. you might get. Getting like that. I think this is a machete with a Jason Voorhees on it. Um, some of these are cute, like uh, Chucky. Uh, lots of uh, different Jasons. He wait. He doesn't have an accordion, does he? I can't tell because you're no. Not... Yeah, it's not getting in focus. It actually is a bunch of VHS tapes. Oh, cool. That's actually very cool. I like that one. <laughs> Uh, I won't show all these because uh, we'll keep it, uh, you know, mystery be a surprise. But I did see this one down here, and that's that's pretty sweet. Oh, it's awesome! So you don't know? There's a lot of there's there's slasher guys or stuff like that. I don't know. I've got like 200 stickers here. So if anybody out there like like these were donated, um, if you want to donate it, something fun that I can send out to people for thanking them for helping out the website, uh, message me. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Well, here we are. I'm a, a normal human in the daytime. I try to fool them. Part of me fooling them is getting enough sleep. All right. Very good. So I, I actually probably could t t ask this off here, but I, I've got a proposal here. So if you don't know what's going on, how about this? You probably know by Sunday. Let me know if you want to go to the movie Sunday. I'll wait. If you don't want to go, oh. I'll go and see the movie Sunday. Okay. I don't need to I don't go. I don't need to go see him Friday. I could go see him. Ah. Well, I will. I really do want to go. I will. I will. Unless some something crazy is happening, I will do. I will do everything in my power to figure it out. All right, sounds good. That way, you. then we'll, we'll just wait till then. So you don't. You don't have to let me know tomorrow. We'll figure do you it out. You have an advantage over me in the review. Uh, no, well, I would rather see them for the first time with you. So we'll, let me know by Sunday. We'll figure it out. Awesome. And if not, there's no hard feeling. We'll figure it out. But this way will be better. You don't have to let me, you don't have to worry about letting me know tomorrow. Okay. Well, if I find out about tomorrow, I'll let you know by tomorrow. But, well, no, because you usually go in. Are you going to go tomorrow anyways, no matter what, and see something? No, else? no. I just said if you don't, I'll just go Sunday. There's no difference. Right. Now, if I find out, what's the latest you want to find out on Friday? I mean, Sunday really. Um, uh, no, no. I'll just wait till I'll no, just wait till Sunday. Let me know. Let me know by Saturday night. Yes, it is a better day because I don't have to work. And now. Yeah, and it makes it's easy. It's just as easy to go Sunday, so it's fine. All right. So, future dinner and movies on the horizon. We do yes. need to give you some time to catch up, Neil. Yeah, no. Th this will be perfect because I'll actually uh, the other one's almost done. Now I don't have to get up early. I'll finish editing it tonight, and I'll have it up tomorrow probably. Coolio. What do we have on the back burner for dinner and movies? Um, there's some ones that, yeah, Terrifier 2. That one actually I think is almost finished too, so I could probably get that one up. I might be able to get up that one up this weekend. Um, I'll have to look. I think there's a couple other ones. I think Me Megan. Oh, yeah. But it'll be cool. They'll be new for people. And then, yeah. uh, then I'll try to keep up with them uh, quicker. So You are very busy. Sometimes things come up. Well, this yeah, this year there was it was kind of crazy with, with man. and you also have to do 
things in your life. Right, right. I go to the post office a lot. I try to I try to get my walks in. I have I'm building a uh a, a behind this back because I'm in my basement. Behind here is my little uh gym gym that I'm building. I've got a uh I got the uh wow. the, the the bicycle, the uh you know stationary bike. I've got wow. uh I've got a weight bench here. Then I've got like a a resistance bench uh, that uh weight yeah. that I bought. So anyway, we're gonna so I'm gonna build that all up. And, yeah, yeah. So I, I get all buff. Yeah. But anyway, no, I just want to, I just want to stay healthy. <laughs> Health is important. Yeah. And I, I and as you know, when you eat good, eat good and you're a little active, you feel a lot better. Oh yeah. My breakfast is made. It doesn't, it could take something as small as adjusting your breakfast. Yeah, as I Today have. was my cheat day Thursday. I always have pizza with my mom. So, oh. so I had bait, we had bacon and onion pizza. It was very good. Bacon and onion pizza. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I like both of those things. Yeah, it's I have. Uh, I don't know why she wanted that. I was like, okay, and I'll be honest, it tasted really good together. But it is kind of the, the onions, kind of you know, kind of melted, and then you had the. I don't know. It was a good. It was a good comedy. You should pop Colleen's comment up on the screen. Yeah, I just uh, getting swole. Yeah, I'm on testosterone boosters. Don't My do doctor that. suggests no, I'm no, just but none of that. Taking uh, no roids, no. <laughs> funky supplements no, no the supplements i tell like a vitamin c and that's like you can that. do normal things all right not so, that it's up to me to give you permission but you're no, you're being no. healthy so just stay healthy yeah uh should i play this little clip it's only a minute this is the one i was going to show originally that it's it probably tied more into the first movie i have uh, i have a cute sure? up, i don't know what you're talking about I'll, it's a, yeah. it's a previously heard on without your head Okay, I thought it tied in more to their first movie, but then ended up showing the uh, the um, Linnea Quigley one, which is probably not appropriate for the first movie. Probably not. I think it really asked the audience, like, um, to kind of look at, at things differently, because, like, if you were in this situation, we've seen a similar thing in movies, but but now you're put in the position, what would you actually do? That's exactly right. You know, the, the, it asks this provocative question. If you had a minute alone with someone who killed your loved one, would you take it? Mm -hmm. And I think even though, like, I think the movie doesn't even take itself too seriously through through many moments. But yet, that's what I loved about it, too. But I, I think... Uh, uh, I think it asks this provocative question. I think you can leave maybe talking about, you know, religion, morality, justice. Look, at the end of the day, it's a revenge tale, right? Which is the oldest story in the book. Uh, however, like it's as old as Shakespeare writing about love, but it's told in a little bit different of a, a way. And especially with the character that I play being a man of the cloth, you're kind of like, it's an interesting question to, to ask him. And then there's that thought process of like, look, if you, really had that minute with this human being right in front of you would you take it you know would you be able to hurt someone and i just think it's um i thought it was it, it was a really interesting way of telling this uh, age-old tale it's a primal instinct well that's from movie retaliators which uh it had a, a theatrical release last year and mm -hmm. then um and now i believe it's on being demand i really recommend it it's uh you know probably kind of flew under the radar but as he said there it had it's a really good setup it's a uh guy's um daughter is killed 
Mm-hmm. And then um, someone, you know, presents him with the offer. They have him, the person who did it to, to you know, torture, whatever he wants to do to him. He has, you know, and does he take it or doesn't he? I think it's a really good set for movie. And it was a, it was a, um, I think I, it's a good question. I think it was, a, it was, and it, it's a, it's a crazy movie. There's other stuff in it, but I, I like that it asked a real question of the audience. I think it's an interesting question because I feel like some people would jump to reply and say, I would definitely would, or I definitely wouldn't. But I think that's something that maybe I think personally that until you're there, I don't know if you really do know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you could think, yeah, I will definitely take this person's life and torture them. It's not even like you just, they're gone. It's like the idea of torturing someone is, I don't know. How did the, did, does it give anything away to say how, because again, like there's a difference between dying is not great, but mm-hmm. dying and it's quick and painless is different from torture. What happened to the kid? Um, he, his character does not, does not go through with it, which leads to conflict. No, I mean, what happened person. to the daughter? Oh, it was, um, I didn't want to spoil it, Neil. No, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty early in the movie, but okay. the, uh, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was Drunk Driver, actually. Oh, wow. So that's even like, not that it's not worthy of, of people's rage, but I th- was expecting like someone killed her. Right, right. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, killed. Yeah, yeah. Murder, intentional, premeditated. So, yeah, but it was a <laughs> good movie. I, I recommend it. Italian. He's got a good comment here. So I think when it comes to your kids, you don't realize how animalistic and protective you become until they're actually under the threat of harm. I get mad. My nephew is the closest thing I have to a kid. If I just hear that someone in school is giving him a hard time, I want to go and like beat children. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I I mean, I like horror movies where, you know, they can be just, you know, (laughs) mindless entertainment but i like stuff that makes you think too and ask the question to the audience so i thought mm-hmm. it was a fitting one for uh for the first interview i agree so i'm gonna play those every once in a while uh as heard on without your head so go and uh, check out the full interview here on uh on youtube or on spotify there's what other places they... too but those are the two main ones so if they were going to look it up what would they type into the world to find uh, retaliators it was very interesting. I'm curious for sure. Yeah, so I would check that movie out. It's good stuff. Very cool. All right. So we yeah. will be back uh, next week. Glad to be here. Thank you, Hi. everybody. I love having you back. Work. It's been, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's much more, it's a lot of fun. And I think it, it's a beneficial show. And I like doing the after shows. It's good. <laughs> what? You're so funny. What? beneficial to the show like well i don't want to just say hey it's cool to talk with you but and and the show sucks cool. because you're on but i think it helps it, it also i think the show's better with you on too so <laughs> i want you to know that it's not just oh yeah it's fun that you're on thank you you're thank welcome vic Schiavone okay. says a uh, good show guys check thank out you. nefarious uh, vic he hasn't seen yeah, it yet I, you, I think you will like it very much if you can see nefarious find it. It's really, really interesting. 
um, or everybody, but Vic is a, a spiritual man. Mm-hmm. So I think he, it will be interesting for him to see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to play us out with uh, music of the month here. Strange Nocturnal. Ooh, it's been around the show on and off for a long time. And um, thank you everybody so much for, for being here and supporting us and just being a, uh, supporting the show and being cool and interested in what we have to say and thanks yeah thank you everyone we we love everybody out there i keep seeing comments pop up so i have to check them here before we go colleen Uh, is cool yeah colleen rules i hope you love it it's really it's cool it's really good oh good she's gonna yeah it's still playing at the amc so all right, guys. All right. So, and if any uh, bands out there interested in being future music of the month, email me at withoutyourhead at gmail.com. We'll uh, need one for May. And uh, until then, here we go. Here is Strange Nocturnal. We're so